saw was one that I, I watched recently that yeah, I think I, was a shutter. I caught that one at Fantastic Fest. I think it had... Sunday Scaries. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, so for the third episode in our series on ghosts and demons, we're watching 2009's A Haunting in Connecticut. Uh, my name's Travis. I'm hanging out with Tyler. That's me. What's up, Tyler? And our friend Daniel's here. Hey, everybody. Daniel? Say hi, Daniel. Yeah, hey. Awesome. So Daniel is uh, one of my good friends. Um, I know Daniel from uh, a uh, writing group that we used to both attend. Um, it hasn't come back to life this year yet, but maybe it will later on. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, uh, that stuff always <laughs> needs like one, one very motivated person to get convince everyone else to show up. It's I like know. if you have one person that says, I will be at this coffee house whether or not you're there two people will show up exactly yeah that was that was kind of the case like at the tail end of last year i kept i kept trying to be there but it's a yeah it's a lot it's yeah especially it's diminishing returns if it's just you putting all the effort and everyone's just kind of like fuck (laughs) us i'll show um but it was cool it was rewarding and stuff and travis is that person for this podcast oh my god (laughs) yeah i was i was trying i just show up when i can yeah exactly right um, so for, uh, the third episode, we're doing a haunting in Connecticut. Um, the premise of this movie is a uh, family is forced to relocate, uh, for their son's health. Uh, they begin experiencing supernatural behavior in their new home, uh, and uncover a sinister history. Uh, this was the first time you've seen this, right, Tyler? Yeah. First time. Ever. Watched it this morning. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And you yeah. said you're fresh as well, right? You said you watched it last night? Yeah, I watched it. First time last night, and uh, my fiance watched the last forty-five minutes with me. Okay, so is... her thoughts are purely off of uncontext. Mm-hmm. Last forty-five minutes. That's perfect, actually. I feel like that's a good. <laughs> I mean, it really does ramp up in the last forty minutes. Yeah, like... she got the, the she got the fun half, like yeah. the the crazy tail end. Yeah, the mm-hmm. pacing of this film, I think, is one of the things that I like about it most. Um, yeah, so what we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna kind of go through and just do like a uh, scene by scene, like walkthrough. Um, I've kind of peppered in uh, the interesting things that I, or the things that I found interesting about this movie, um, along with some facts about, you know, the making of, uh, the actors, um, the story behind this. There's actually some really, really cool background on where, let's call it source material, um, but the inspiration for, uh, you know, for the the script and the story of this movie came from. Um, And so we'll include that uh, with the discussion uh, as we go along. Um, Again, this is a Scary Sunday Scaries. Uh, if you haven't heard of it before, uh, you can go to Scary Sunday Scaries uh, on Instagram or at Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Scary Sunday Scaries. Uh, we're going to be publishing exclusive content for this podcast. Uh, we'll make uh, graphic designs, uh, comics, um, there'll be t shirts forthcoming, things like that. Uh, really great stuff. Um, but with that being said, we can dive into this movie. Um, so this movie starts off, uh, we get these opening credits that are fucking awesome. I love like the way this, sometimes opening credits can be like hit or miss. Uh, this one opens up with a, a montage basically of all of these pictures, uh, these black and white photos of dead bodies, very grim, dour looking people, um, splashed against, you know, like weird scenes of what appears to be gruesome surgical events going on. Mm-hmm. Lots of dripping fluids. Yeah, yeah there's like yeah, blood lettering. Yeah. Wetness. <laughs> yeah. Wetness in a movie is always, yeah. it's a, yeah, it's, it spells, uh, spells doom to come. Um, I can't wait to get into some of that. Like, we're going to talk surgical medical talk here in a little bit. And that's one thing that Tyler is a really good, great guest to have on because he works in the medical field and sees Is it weird? Things. I'm super excited to hear like a medical professional's opinion on some of these things. It's, it's, it's like the thing I think is missing the most from podcasts. Yeah, it's really, really fun to talk about because yeah. some, of these, so many of these movies have it in there. And it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's I mean, the, the three that I've watched so far in our journey and you getting me into horror 
pretty much, and I mean, I've noticed this with a lot of other horror movies too, mm -hmm. is that a lot of um, bodily horror aspects are super prevalent. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like we watched Malignant, and that's hyper medical, um, which it may, I mean, it makes sense because losing any sort of bodily autonomy is terrifying for most people. Um, so putting that in a movie when you want to make it scary is perfect. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And then even like taking of Deborah Logan, which like a completely different, you know, approach yeah. to like something that has, you know, a lot less to do with, you know, physical, you know, performance and everything, but the, yeah, the, the mental the neurological stress of, of losing it, your mind, literally. We've is, talked about that is terrifying yeah, as well. Humans are just super afraid of like losing control of yeah. any aspect of their body. Yeah, I think it's, a, it's, it's not a, an irrational fear. No, no, not, not by any means. I'm, yeah. I'm afraid every day. Yeah. yeah. I had a, <laughs> it's the one thing that we expect to have control over. Yeah. So it's the scariest thing to lose control of. Yeah. I have it, like, it's like an illusion too. There's like, yeah. I had a psych professor that told me that like on your best day, the only thing you can really control is your bladder. Yeah. Like, your brain just does yeah. what it does. Your heart does what it does. You don't actually control that. Mm -hmm. So it's like maybe it's as much like breaking the illusion of our like like our bodily autonomy. Mm -hmm. Right. Like being reminded that like these are like they do what they want. Yeah. And if we don't take care of them, that's bad. I'm but just also like the ship. I'm just uh, yeah. I'm along yeah. For and like, like, like and our <laughs> consciousness is just along for the ride sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just stuff that you can't that you can't prevent or predict are what could take you out. You're like right. I any moment now I could just have like a brain hemorrhage and that's it. And yeah. You're like. There's no planning for that. Yeah. Yeah. So not at all. I'm going to sleep great tonight. On that So, yeah, yeah. We get, uh, so after that montage of, you know, photos and stuff, we get the, you know, a, a title screen, um, The Haunting in Connecticut. Uh, and then, of course, followed shortly by that amazing disclaimer at the beginning of all good movies. This is based on a true story. The events of this movie are loosely based on a true story, which uh, mm -hmm. we'll talk about that more um, as we get into it because, like I said, there's some fun background that goes into that. Um, so the beginning of this movie, we start off with Virginia Madsen. Uh, she shows up um, doing a talking head interview to a camera, um, being asked, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? Um, we kind of launch into the movie, uh, you know, it's really interesting coming from another movie that was set up in sort of the mockumentary, documentary film style. Um, we kind of get teased with that a little bit, but this is the only little, you know, only little sampling of documentary we get in this movie, because mm. immediately we kind of, we're kind of it's cast the, Yeah, it's the actual... only bit of, like, found footage type yeah. of shot. Yeah, I wondered if, if we needed that, honestly, mm. like, because her, uh, so her voiceover comes out back at the end, but it's almost sort of a... Uh, I don't, I don't want to say it's wasted, but I guess it's, you know, it was an interesting choice to have that be the way we get into this movie. It doesn't really tie it. Yeah, the they don't yeah. go back to it either. Mm -hmm. You just get the, the voiceover. Yeah. So it's kind of a, it's an odd narrative framing device yeah, that just is. like sets this whole thing up. And I, I think I know why it happened and I'll explain later because I think it actually has to do with, um, like I said, the story that this movie is, uh, that this movie is based on. Mm. Um, that makes sense. There are so, some reviews too that like talk about mm. the, f the way that they chose to either like embellish or embrace some mm. of the stuff like this story. I, I don't know the true story, so you have to enlighten mm. me, but like there's, there's aspects that they're saying like that the movie chose to do or had to do oh, yeah. in some ways. Yeah. So. Which is like the degrees of separation from reality only, you know, it gets crazier and crazier as a, I Like you know. I read the, someone, someone I read, like uh -huh. I read all these reviews on like Letterboxd uh -huh. and I read one that was like, the true story is actually crazier. It is. They're like, mm -hmm. it's yeah. way crazier. Why, yeah. why isn't the movie like this? Right. And, and let's, so, so let's just go ahead and dive this because I feel like we're, we're teasing it too much and like this, we might as well just go ahead and sort of address, you know, at least the premise of this right now. Um, so essentially, you know, the film that we're dealing with, The Hunting in Connecticut, is based on a story called In a Dark Place, um, written by um, an author in the uh, 1990s. Um, I think uh, Ray Antone was his name. Um, but essentially, this is... Ray Garton. 
Ray Gartone, my, mm-hmm. my bad. Yeah, he, yeah, he, uh, so it's like, essentially this is like a real thing that happened where a family uh, named, you know, the, the Snedeker family moved into a uh, house in Southington, Connecticut uh, in the 1980s. And essentially what happened is they claimed um, shortly after they moved in that they began to experience, you know, events of ha- poltergeist activity, haunting events, even going mm-hmm. so far as to claim that they were sexually assaulted yeah, by the demonic. By yeah, yeah. Let's say that again one more time. They, they said they were sodomized by. Sodomized. The, the mother and father of the Snedeker yeah. family claimed they were continuously raped and sodomized mm-hmm. by. By, by demonic ghosts, by demons, yeah. demons. Um, which is funny because I guess the ghosts don't have a preference, which is uh, nice. You know, that's yeah. Cool, I mean, I guess, you yeah, know, sexuality is fluid yeah. in this life and afterwards. Yeah, it's cool. exactly. I guess gender yeah. ceases to really matter after you pass on. You're, yeah. you're no longer. Corporeal, I mean, if you're trapped so, in that yeah. home for years and years, apparently, like, so does consent. Yeah, you start yeah. to experiment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So they move in. And they also claim that they find, like, uh, coroner's tools mm-hmm. there, um, which we learn later in researching um, the true history that the landlord is like, that is fucking not real yeah. at all. There's no way. Yeah. Like, nobody has ever had an issue with this house. There's no ominous history. Right. And they're like, there's saws at the basement. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> And the great thing about that original story, too, is, of course, we get our favorite um, supernatural superheroes, the Warrens, uh, come in. Ed and Lorraine Warren, in real life, went to go no uh, test out there. Oh yeah, they God. wanted to go flex the, you know, their their uh, scammy muscles here. And when did the of... first, wait, this is really, when did the first Ed and Lorraine move, Warren movie come out? Uh, the Conjuring 1. Yeah, original Conjuring. Came, didn't come out until, like, 2013? Okay. We get uh, this is fact check. Fact right? check. Yeah, someone fact so the a haunting in yeah. Connecticut is just a back door into the Warren verse. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what they call it. I just yeah, call it the right. Warren. It is the Warren verse. Yeah, it's James Wan's Warren verse. Yeah. essentially. Yeah, Annabelle, uh, the Conjuring. But yeah, I thought that was funny because yeah, we don't we didn't have to suffer through. To be clear, Warren had nothing one. to do with a haunting in Connecticut. Oh no. Yeah. As far as I know. Yeah. That's just interesting. What well, what's interesting is like in this story they actually had a lot more to do with the spreading of the story than many of the other you know real quote-unquote life stories that some of their the films about them are based on um because when uh the events of this whole haunting were going on they were they were in it they were full on like, like oh yeah let's let's do this let's spread your story because they were trying to get that amityville you know yeah. kind of money as well they were just they were the same it came you know after you know the events of uh, the warrens participating with the Lutz family to sort of uh, discuss the story of you know the Amityville horror, um, and so they were trying to. They were like, "Hey, I, I see another book deal. I've got your first thirty pages right here." And um, so they were trying to get this story out there. They contacted this author, and they were like, "Hey, you know, let's let's write a book about the true events of this this, this story or whatever." Um, Ray comes in, and he starts trying to interview the family members. Turns out none of the stories are really lining up. Nothing he talks to one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody can really get their story straight. So he goes back to Ed Warren. And is like, "Hey, this is this all kind of seems like bullshit." Ed Warren's like. Get as much as you can, make up the rest, publish a good book, make it as scary, scary as you can. Yeah. yeah. And that's how we get the book called A Dark Place. <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, a, dark in place. a Dark Place. Yeah. And so it's, um, which since the publishing of that book and then, you know, the decades following it, he, the author has since sort of kind of disowned. He really hates, you know, he's, he's, he says, you know, this is complete work of fiction. Um, you know, I, I, I don't like that this has been turned into a phenomenon of, yeah. you know. He's kind of seeing through the Warren's script yeah. a little bit. And I think he did very early on, but he, at least at that time, he was like, eh, there's, there's a book deal here. You mm-hmm. know, we can, we can get, we can, uh, we can get some out of this. But anyways, yeah. So that being said, you know, like in this movie, we, uh, we start off with Virginia Madsen, amazing Virginia Madsen. She's still got it. It's 2009. Um, you know, one of my favorite horror heroines of all time. Um, she's, uh. 
speaking in this talking head interview and then the audio overlays to a scene of her driving a six station wagon uh, through the countryside. Um, yeah, I love these. Just like the year is 1987. It's, 1987. it's honestly same model of car as uh, the protagonist slash antagonist in Milligan. Yeah. She pulls up to the house. Yeah. Wood panel. Maybe yeah, there's something about like, that. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a great part. Yeah. The 80s were like a perfect time for house yeah. hauntings. Yeah, yeah exactly. Peak haunted house season. It's all that, all that lead in the air, man. Or I guess the 70s too. Yeah. Um, so we we uh, we're in the countryside, and Virginia's driving her car through the countryside, um, and with her uh, cancer-ridden son in the back seat. Uh, his name is Matt, uh, played by Kyle Galder. Gallner, Gallner. Also, Kyle shout Gallner. out Kyle yeah. Gallner. Uh, his his horror credentials are they're pretty bona fide. Yeah, I recognize him from Jennifer's Body. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say I was looking at some of the credits and everything, and I was like, well, we've got a few people in here that are like, it's, they I don't know. all of them have some bona fides yeah. that are just you're just like, well, I've seen them before. I know yeah. these people. You yeah. would like watch the movie and you'd be like, I think I know everybody from something. Yeah, and I think that's gonna kind of a running theme about like this movie in general is like, I feel like this is sort of like an unsung treasure of, uh, uh, you know, this era here, the 2009, mid, you know, mid 2000s horror. The second and third time I watched this movie, I was like, man, I'm appreciating everything about this movie more and more. Uh, particularly the relationship between, yeah, Kyle Gallner in this movie, uh, Matt, is uh, who he's playing, uh, and his mother, Sarah. Um, their father, or their mother-child, mother-son relationship like really like fleshed out to me in the second or third uh, watch. And there's some points later that we'll get to where I'm like, man, this is, yeah, it really sticks its landing for me. Um, so they're driving in the car, uh, having a discussion about, you know, the nature of existence and talking to the creator um matt delivers one of my favorite lines he says i don't know how, you know how great an idea it is to threaten the creator of the universe uh or he says uh, threatening the creator of the universe is like step two you know in in, in coping oh, or whatever yeah he or like stages of grief yeah, yeah he, he like plays her he's yeah. like saying bargaining is is step one yeah. and then anger is step two yeah. like he's already committed to that he's gonna he's yeah. gonna die from cancer some of the some of the first and in, in running series of lines that matt delivers that like i don't know this guy's got quips man he's got quips on quips and like later on he's got a couple of other lines that oh I'm and like, he's giving it his all I yeah. mean, he carries the, he, he does carry his the movie performances for sure yeah. Jessica's amazing yeah no I love it um, well, the, the idea of like playing a dying child mm-hmm. too, like I can't imagine that's an easy role to step up mm-hmm. into but he he, he does it well he looks yeah. terrible throughout oh, this like, entire movie he looks, he looks, like, looks complete, like shit yeah. I think he's just pale yeah. <laughs> that? I, like, I've, I've looked that? at screenshots from other movies I'm like is this guy just really pale he needs to, yeah he needs some I think he's pale so uh, after their their religious conversation, uh, they have to pull over because Matt is about to throw up. Uh, one of the symptoms of I guess of his uh, the, the treatment that he's going through. Yeah, he's he's very very nauseous and carsick. Um, so this becomes you know sort of one of the inciting incidents of the movie. We cut to the kitchen. Um, uh, we're back at you know the house of uh, of the Campbells in this movie. Um, Sarah Campbell is uh, played by Virginia Matson is talking to her husband Peter, um, and we kind of get you know sort of the first fleshing outs of their their financial troubles. Uh, it turns out that um, the hospital that they're driving to is. A hours away um, where Matt is receiving his treatment um, on top of that they're you know the US healthcare system is terrible even the 1980s and uh, so they're running out of money uh, their business you know the business that they run yeah they don't say um, I don't it's not entirely clear he's a contractor yeah something like that we get but that, he says like, he's like all his money's in the business now it's like yeah. do or die yeah. yeah like I don't know if, I if this doesn't work out if I don't get this contract at this job site yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah it's yeah. a thing it later becomes a narrative device mm-hmm. Um, and they even have uh, people who have moved in with them. They have um, a relative. Do you, so I can't remember if they established this early on. What Wendy's relationship to the family is? I believe she's a niece. Okay, yeah, I she's... think she calls her 
ant. I could never figure that out. Yeah. I watched the whole movie and I could not only, get it. I thought she was an ant for yeah, some reason. Only touched on in, in the that kitchen here? scene. Yeah. That's and they they imply that I think the other young girl yeah. is not theirs either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right. so I don't know if like, she had a family member that passed uh-huh. and she yeah. kind of inherited these two children. Well, that's yeah. what they said. They took in two people. <clears throat> right. And that's what I was trying to figure out if she was an aunt think, wait, and I that was her daughter. I think that Wendy and Mary, the young girl, are yeah. sisters. And I think, I think that so. they are Virginia Madsen's from, relative, yeah. brother or sister's children. Right. Um, so they're, they're the cousins of Billy and Matt. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, which I guess checks out. I'm going to go with that. That's going to be my answer. Wait, but also played by... Oh my God! Who, who plays? plays uh, who plays um, the the cousin that we were just talking about? I've seen her in so many things. The if anyone watches, or the Ama- is it Amanda Crew, right? Yeah, yes. Amanda Crew uh, from Silicon Valley. Oh, okay, yeah. That's the last thing I saw her in. Yeah. Um, she like bounces around sometimes, but that that one I was like, oh, a young Amanda Crew. I saw her in uh, in group. Sex Drive when I was like 15, <laughs> and I had like a massive crush on her. Yeah, I thought she was cute in this movie. She, yeah, like, oh, she's like very girl yeah. next door cute. Yeah, yeah. Not that that is important. It's not relative to whether or not I, she's I think a great it actress. Story for me, so yeah, it is. Yeah, perfectly fine. But I, but, she's always turned in some great work. Mm-hmm. She and she does with right. this one. So, um, but yeah, so we get the information that they have these two living helpers, Wendy, or that they've taken into. Uh, but Wendy, you know, essentially functions as a built-in nanny because she takes care of the youngest kids. Um, along with, you know, helping with Matt's uh, issues. And then we get, you know, sudden pancakes. They, she pulls out this giant plate of pancakes, and it looks awesome. Um, <laughs> I just, I, maybe I was hungry at the time that I watched it, and I was like, because I just wrote it in my notes. No, they're beautiful pancakes. pancakes. Shout out to the production dude. design Seriously. team for that. <laughs> they're, they're those pancakes those. were gorgeous. Somebody made those pancakes, and yeah. someone is appreciating that we're appreciating those They made, pancakes. like, 50 of those pancakes, yeah, too. Right. They did that shot at least twice. <laughs> right. Um, so Matt overhears the conversation between his two parents. Uh, we overhear, you know, Virginia Madsen saying, you know, well, we didn't plan on having a kid with cancer, and which kind of is the first sort of like, you know, it's, it's a bummer to hear your parents complaining about you, obviously, mm-hmm. but it sets up a little bit of conflict for Matt where, you know, yeah, he, he think, overhears this. And uh, I think they kind of, that's where they bring in like the gaslighting father. Because mm-hmm. he's like, I didn't plan, we didn't plan on this. And then mm-hmm. what Matt overhears is her saying, no one plans on this. Yeah. And that really, that sets up the father, like the patriarch character. Because right. throughout the rest of it, you realize he has like Which is funny. a piece of shit past that yeah. is, he's dealing with Yeah, because well. I was trying to get that on the like a second or third watch there because I felt like the turn that happens later, I was like, that kind of came, it, it seemed like a, a more drastic character shift than I was expecting. But I guess it does get a little, you know, foreshadowed a little bit more um, early on here. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially after that, we get the idea, you know, they resolve essentially to get a house uh, in Connecticut closer to the hospital. Um, you know, they say, hey, we'll get a second mortgage on our second mortgage. We'll work through this in order to, you know, be closer to the place where Matt is getting his treatment. Um, Which, it, to be clear, he's like signed up for some special treatment. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. that's there's it's part like of it too. Is mm-hmm. if you they say like if you see things, you won't be a part of the treatment anymore, and that's like it's his last hope yeah. for curing exactly. cancer. Yeah. If you have and, any behavioral, and issues. that's why he doesn't tell anyone. I've been seeing ghosts mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like for three quarters of the movie, he like mm-hmm. he doesn't, or half the movie he doesn't tell anyone because mm-hmm. he's and you can see their scenes. They're they're like, okay, are you seeing things? Like, mm-hmm. oh no, mm-hmm. totally. I'm fine. Yeah. Um, Which I love. Time his mom is covering for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she covers. Virginia Madsen covers Which for him. I understand, him. like mm-hmm. what she's trying to do, but also it's like, bro, it's like I okay. I don't want to derail us, but I yeah. actually wanted to poke. Since you're here, uh-huh. is there like some specific trial or like they never say what it is? It's fine. It's just a narrative device, mm-hmm. and we don't really need it's to also know. Also, the '80s too. Yeah, so I yeah. Early on, in the like, movie. were they like experimenting yeah. with different forms of 
like it was cancer treatment. a different type of radiation based mm-hmm. on the machine. Yeah, it's show. a massive machine. And then when he's in the infusion center mm-hmm. um, where he first meets the pastor. Yeah. So he's probably on some new type of chemotherapy radiation joint treatment. That's right? what I was thinking. Um, that's what it seems like. But yeah. Because I was like, what is this? Yeah. This is not experimental. But then I realized it's 1986. Right. So it yeah, is. Almost, yeah, 30 yeah. years ago. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, and so we cut to, so then we get this neat, like, really, these pretty establishing shots of this, you know, highway interchange, um, you know, the houses and everything, you know, we're setting up that we're moving to Connecticut here, uh, and then we're, we're outside St. Michael's Hospital in Goatswood, Connecticut. Um, so the doctor tells us where we get this, that information like you're talking about, the doctor tells Sarah that, um, you know, Matt's skin will start to blister um, from the cancer treatment that he's going through. It's like all um, a proof that mm-hmm. he, like, oh, this isn't a demon, he just right. has skin cancer yeah. related issues which i think is a fun thing to play with too because like you were saying like the idea of him um i like this idea before we sort of get some of the more re- revealing information about you know the history of the house and everything this idea that you know maybe this is sort of a psychological thriller that matt is going through um you know these these hallucinations and experiences and slowly losing his mind maybe i'm, I'm pulling falling a little bit more too off of like deborah logan and stuff no i think but, you were yeah, there they te- love, they teed it up yeah, so well you're on yeah, the money there yeah and I, I love it i love that idea of of um you know the fake out you know leading us down a path of thinking well what kind of horror is this you know is this a psychological horror is this all on his head um which is it's always a fun thing to play with because the, the mm-hmm. just the pure emotional and psychological mm-hmm. trauma of going through that as a you know, I'm assuming he's like 18, 17. Yeah. They don't show him ever going to school, even though the other kids leave for school. So right. I'm not sure. That's, yeah. But, um, yeah. That can fuck somebody up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That alone could do it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So we get a little bit, you know, after that hospital shot, we kind of get this little montage of this interplay between, you know, sort of snapshots of um, Matt's treatment, like you were saying, that giant, like, MRI radiation machine. Mm-hmm. He gets that really cool, like, mesh thing pushed over so his face. So he doesn't move his fucking yeah, face. Yeah, I looked at it, I was like, man, that looks so fun. It just looks like it'd be it'd feel I good. immediately thought he was gonna, like, freak out inside right. of the Get claustrophobic or you something. You know, and his head's, like, dropped yeah. in there. Uh, yeah. Because... Uh, yeah, I don't like that shit yeah. at all. But I want to push my face into it. I do want yeah. to do that. It's kind of like pushing your face into one of those like needle boards or something. Where you and is like, it like forming or do yeah. they have one that was like made for him? Yeah. Like, oh, here's your mask. Yeah, they just like smush it over him and it looks really, really fun. Um, and this sort of like interplay between uh, shots of his treatment and uh, cutting back to um, Sarah, who is now sort of like going through the town looking for the next place that they're going to live essentially um there's this really poignant shot that's like super for it's foreshadowing for what we, what we learn about later um but she drives by you know this cemetery and she kind of looks out at it and i was like yeah like it took me like like i said to like the third watch to like catch that one but i was like that's beautiful that was a really nice shot of you know mm-hmm. this like they they also do a really great job i think you know and this is sort of the first example of it of setting up the pathos of, of all of these characters of really like making you feel bad for this mother and like, you know, the son. It's like, yeah, it's, it's obviously shitty to witness somebody going through, you know, um, their battle of cancer and everything, but the movie doesn't, doesn't waste that. It, it does a good job of like really making us feel, you know, sort of the, um, the, the immense grief that, you know, the, and, and struggle that the yeah, you mother see, and father are you both see going the through. effects that mm-hmm. it has on the entirety of the family mm-hmm. throughout throughout the movie. Um, so Sarah pulls up to this house where there's this guy outside. He's hammering in a for sale sign in the front yard. Um, he, uh, she, she says, you know, not to waste your time or anything, but, you know, what's, you know, what are you asking? And he says, you know, if, I'll give you the first month's rent free if I don't have to finish hammering in the sign. I yeah. love that line, yeah. by the way. That was like my number one takeaway. Yeah. I was like, this man, he, I was like, in a, I wish that was a home buying experience. I mean, I was like, I'll give it to you right now if you can beat my hammer to this nail. 
Like, say it. Say the word. Say the word. I dare you. Laziest landlord ever. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he clearly, and he, like, walks her through the house, too, yeah. and it's like, oh, it's a nice place. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. And then just, like, walks away. And she's yeah, like, And it's a beautiful okay. house. Yeah, yeah he, he like, closes on, like, mm-hmm. and there's something about it. And then, like, cut. Right. Yeah, because that's the very next there's, step we get. He's, yeah, he's yeah. walking her through it. Yeah. He says, you know, the house just needs some love and some care and a good family to bring it back to life. Um, so, and this, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those typical kind of haunted house like tropes where we go into this house and it has like, it's full of shit. Like it's got so much stuff in it already. Mm-hmm. And it leads you to wonder, it's like, well, what was going on in here before, you know, with your last tenants and stuff? Do they just like leave all their stuff behind? Um, and, uh, so yeah, Sarah asks, you know, what the catch is, you know, obviously he says, yeah, it does have a bit of a history and that is when we cut away. And that always, that's bad. That's always, you know, that means somebody died in there or somebody was murdered in there and, or both, um, <clears throat> in, in many cases. Um, so she calls Peter from a payphone because it's 1987. Um, she tells him that she found a house uh, and it was perfect, but it just it just wasn't right. Um, and so we kind of you know leave off there. Um, so it's nighttime again. Uh, Sarah's driving Matt home again uh, after another radiation treatment. Uh, Matt starts telling uh, a really macabre joke. Uh, that's awesome. It's that uh, doctor tells a patient, you know, I've got some bad news. You've got cancer and Alzheimer's. The patient replies, woohoo, at least I don't have cancer. cancer. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's like, funny you should mention that about Alzheimer's, right? I thought um, it was going to tell, like, the Pogliacci joke yeah, where, like, right? the clown goes to a doctor. I was like, that's a weird way to tee up a familiar joke. Yeah. Um, so, but he starts having, you know, he starts really suffering in the backseat. He's having a, a severe reaction to his treatment. Uh, so um, they have to pull over uh, and... Uh, well, she whips a whips a U-turn. Yeah, she busts a bitch. Yeah, she. And it's like at a perfect we, crossroads too. Yeah, yeah. It was like a very a, subtle one. Yeah, we, we've we've crossroads. talked about this before. You say bust a bitch. I I'm say bust a bitch. Midwest. What is it again? Whip a shitty. Whip a shitty. Okay, yeah. I forget. <laughs> Wait, the Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. He taught me about this. <laughs> what? That's a euphemism for a U-turn. Yeah. You just whip a shitty. Like a like a like a like a peeling out kind mm-hmm. of U-turn. Yeah, just, I mean, or just even a regular one. Yeah. I, just I, a normal U-turn. Have you ever heard? Because I I heard. You're like, oh, babe, go around. You're like, I gotta whip a shitty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've heard bust a bitch. That's like the one that I... I've I, never heard yeah, that either. Yeah, Where like, are you people from? Know, what? Like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is DFW, man. I don't know. I, they do rip. They do actually rip the e-brake. That's yeah. what I've always heard. Mm-hmm. It's like when they're yeah. doing a drift. Mm-hmm. Either they, I heard a NASCAR racer call it rip the E, and I was like, that sounds like you're vaping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but she... Uh, she <laughs> Yeah, so she she whips a shitty and then in the uh, middle of the night. in the middle of the roads because I guess her resolve is to yes she drives right back to the house that she was like checking out before. <laughs> There's like no one there. It's completely dark. <laughs> okay. And then the next scene, they're like moving in. Yeah, she walks like back. The, yeah. Essentially, uh, she I guess what happens is she goes back to the landlord and says, "Hey, we can't drive eight hours to go back, you know, to our home. Can we stay here?" And so he's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." They like like that night. Yeah. To be clear, like, they that night that he's like laying out a mattress like a best I got. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like honestly, best. Landlord ever. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I got you. I got you. No, she beat here. she beat his hammer to the nail. She that did. was it. Yeah. He just stood <laughs> there for seven hours. By that point, he would have finished nailing in the sign. No, yeah. he stood there. He just waited. <laughs> he just waited. He knew. Time. He knew she was gonna do <laughs> it. Just lifting the hammer. Yeah. Slowly, right. Looking around. He's yeah. like, any minute now, she'll be back. <laughs> so he sets him up in the house. Uh, I guess we, we we put a mattress on the floor, um, kind of in the living room. So um, Sarah calls Peter to let him know, hey, I made an executive decision. We're gonna move into this house. Um, in the other room, Matt is laying on the mattress watching TV on this really tiny TV. It's this little black and white thing of uh, some show that's going on. Uh, and this is where we get our first sort of like, you know, real scare there. He goes and reaches over, turns off the TV, and the reflection of the TV, we see the doorway in the background, and there's a silhouette of a figure standing there who 
looks at him briefly and then turns and walks through the door. Um, it's really cool. One thing about this movie that I really like um, that I think is fun about it as being like a good like pop horror movie is it's just it's chock full of jump scares. Like mm -hmm. it can get a little. I mean, with, with many movies like this can become sort of relentless and tiresome. Um, but with this one, I don't know. I was I guess I was just enjoying myself too much. Where like every single one that pops up, you know, I think every ten they're minutes. They're well they're well spaced. Yeah, too. they're spaced out, but there are a lot of them. And they're um, not all in the dark scenes mm -hmm. either. You know. Which, yeah, there's yeah. a couple that catch you off guard, yeah. like when they're just kind of casually uh, going through the house. Um, Which, for the record, those are hard to pull off. Mm -hmm. Like filming, editing, top to mm -hmm. bottom, mm -hmm. working on that stuff. It's like you you feel goofy doing mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. um, like I've, I've I've filmed some stuff where they like you you turn the the thing in the mirror and then mm -hmm. like it's there in the mirror. Yeah. And then you're on set. You're like, okay, I don't, it's, it's some guy in a suit. Like I don't. <laughs> this isn't normal. That's all it is. It's, like, like, it's super some, boring. Yeah. And you're like, I hope this is scary. And yeah. you know, you, you God don't. God help. They, so they use they they do it's like music editing. stingers yeah. and like all kinds of cross cuts just mm -hmm. to kind of help like sell the effect and if yeah. you can do it it like people take it for granted now but it is a really hard thing to do mm -hmm. yeah you just gotta hope it comes together yeah in post yeah yeah it, it really otherwise is it it's a big post effect floor. yeah mm -hmm. there's a lot of people just kind of like uh it'll it'll make sense it'll make sense i swear i swear <laughs> you're like all right yeah you have to have the vision that's what directors are for i guess right yeah um yeah so uh it's nighttime now. Uh, we cut back to Matt and Sarah. They're sharing a bed. Uh, Matt wakes up, uh, I guess, having heard something in the middle of the night, and then he realizes he has to use the restroom. So he goes upstairs, um, goes to the bathroom, and he's washing his face, and he starts to hear what sounds like footsteps coming from downstairs and creaking in another room of the house. Um, he realizes it's, it's coming from the basement downstairs. Um, so he goes to the uh, top of the stairwell leading down to the basement, tries to flip the switch a couple of times, but it's not coming on, which is it's a bad sign. It's not a good... Uh, yeah, bad yeah. wiring. I don't know. It's the 1980s. Mm. The house is probably built in the 30s or something. So, um, so he starts. Who's that fucking slumlord? Yeah, right. <laughs> I know that's, that's man. Why he he, he was, knew. He that... was skimping out yeah. on, on a lot of repairs. He probably buys there. cheap yeah. nails. Yeah, yeah exactly. you never see him again for the rest of the fucking. <laughs> no, uh, they like call him. No. Yeah, he doesn't show back up. I don't yeah. think no, so. No, All this shit is going down. That like, dude's fucking gone. That's their problem. <laughs> He's at his vacation home. He's at his other property. He's like, I don't want to fucking. That's the real reason he wanted to get out of here. He's like, I want to fucking be. I managed like 18 properties and this yeah, is the shittiest like, one me and my wife are trying to go <laughs> I was going to say like he's probably just like a county tax assessor yeah. just like posing as a real estate yeah. agent like I, if the county can get rid of this asset we'll be in the it's game. not even his house yeah, yeah. It's, it's just been sitting there and he decided to he's put a, a sign in front of it just happens to that's why he had those mattresses just like ready to go he's yeah. like yeah I've like, been sleeping here for yeah I've been sleeping here for yeah. that is months. a very <laughs> that's a very plausible theory though yeah, like the there were there were just mattresses how we never saw them change money that man that squatter easily Easily got like uh, fifty, sixty thousand dollars <laughs> bare minimum That's the for real just fraud. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, they call him about uh, is there power or something? They, mm -hmm. They're like talking about like, oh, is he's like, oh, the power is fine. Oh, the the first real, night, real there. Yeah, yeah, the first night, yeah, the heat works and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So I guess that's the last we hear of him. This is yeah. literally the last line. Is like, oh, the heat works. And yeah. He's gone. Sixty he's grand out, in pocket. Lost his mattress, but he's a rich man. <laughs> Um, so Matt uh, proceeds to go downstairs in spite of the previous noises, uh, and uh, he sees you know this downstairs basement where the floor appears as if it's been like scrubbed with turpentine or something. It looks really gross. Um, there's also an, an entire wall of really creepy, heavy wooden doors. Um, Matt goes up uh, to the wooden doors and sees his reflection. You know, we kind of get like I think this is where yeah this is where uh, Matt's performance is like yeah like I said yeah some of these moments where he's like self reflecting where it's just him on screen and you really see the anguish and like the pain of the, like he's yeah. like 
He has these soulful eyes. Yeah. That pale guy, his eyes are just like doing all the work. (laughs) Um, And then we get another jump scare as a creepy, you know, fucked up face, uh, melted looking thing appears in the background and we get, you know, a a trumpet blast and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we cut and it's immediately morning. And so um, Matt's waking up in the daytime on the mattress on the floor. Um, and so we don't know when maybe it was just a dream or something. Uh, so his mom comes in, Sarah comes in to check on him. And he says, oh, it was just a bad dream. Um, everything's okay. Um, Remember, cause he can't tell anyone he's seeing things cause yeah. then they'll stop doing a cancer treatment right. and then he might die. That. Actually, at this point, I don't know if we set that up yet, but it's, it's coming for sure. Um, yeah, yeah we're going to come back, but, uh, but yeah, this, yeah, is, yeah. this is definitely the, the first intimation that Matt might be losing his mind or he's seeing mm-hmm. things and maybe right. it is all just in his head. And, and, it's and it, yeah. Dream. So now even if it is a horrible mm-hmm. dream, then the mother in the next scene, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. says, pick your room. Mm-hmm. Go find your bedroom. Yeah. And he immediately yep. goes to the stanky-ass basement. Right. Well, first, actually, so what he does is, so Sarah goes to see if he's okay. He says it's a bad dream. So Sarah goes back to the kitchen. She says, all right, Matt, you pick any room in the house. It's yours. You get to pick up the rooms and stuff. Um, we get this really cute little moment, I think, like, where, yeah, so she pulls the meal supplement out of the fridge, right? So I guess, you know, when you're going through, like, these kinds of treatments, or maybe he's taking, like, medication. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and because so he, he's basically eternally nauseous right so anything you can keep down has mm-hmm. to be like super rich in calories mm-hmm. protein right so they're drinking insure exactly basically, which is like yeah old people shakes. so he makes her drink one too with them and she says it's not that bad and they both take a sip and it's bad, it's bad. yeah <laughs> i've tried them they're not great yeah, it's, it's chalky it's yeah. like really they're like really mm-hmm. heavy in protein and, and yeah. stuff yeah i had that i had i had my jaw wired shut for like six months yeah. and so i you had, had to sip go. on that i had anything any, mm-hmm. anything you could get in there yeah that was just yeah calorie and protein rich that, uh, that they do like that or like soup broth or something yeah. mm-hmm. but they, they can ensure my poor literally mom just a can of it was trying to trying to do her best she she blended up a a piece of pecan pie for me one time uh, to try to make like a, a smoothie out of it it was the most disgusting because like all of the <laughs> all of the pie crust you know oh yeah becomes it's just like watering down the flavor yeah the you almost want like an emulsion blender yeah, and make like a shake or, out or of it or just to eat the pecan filling itself just like mm-hmm. the, the smoothiness yeah. of it but uh yeah stuff's it's not, it's not a fun situation to be in. But um, they have, like, that cute insure moment where, he, like, she makes him drink a can. Exactly. And he's like, oh, if I'm going to do it, you have to do it, yeah. too. She's like, it's not that bad. And then takes his sim. Yeah. like, oh, my God, this yeah, is horrible. awful. Yeah. Uh, so Matt starts to wander the house. Uh, he's looking through the rooms and stuff. Um, Sarah finds, meanwhile, his mom uh, is kind of, like, going through, you know, the different nooks and crannies of the house. She reaches under this uh, bench by um, a window in the living room and pulls out, you know, a stack of creepy old photos um they're the photos yeah from, from the, the beginning from the of the intro scene mm-hmm. it's dead people photos black and white photos of and they're all of, like uh, it's like 18 like 1890 or something they're yeah. like they're old Real it's not like 1950s but yeah, they, they look like they're like early photography days yeah but yeah, yeah like cameras had just been invented yeah. so she makes people a comment. stood there posed like that. yeah like 1900 yeah she ish. makes a comment later that says you know these are maybe this is probably the only photo ever taken of these people you mm-hmm. know it's the one of them dead already or on their deathbed or whatever. yeah um, so Matt keeps wandering the house. He finds uh, Chekhov's dumbwaiter um, uh, <laughs> upstairs. Uh, yeah, it's not, you know, immediately as soon as you see it, there's going to be some weird shit happening with this dumbwaiter. Yeah, that was a hard <laughs> note for me. As soon as he looked in there, I was like, are scary, no, man. Dude. Old timey dumbwaiters. You don't know uh, what kind what of. What like, were they thinking? Yeah. Like, yeah, just a tiny elevator. Yeah. And humans won't fit in it, I mean, but food will. Arguably, Except for the okay. little humans, yeah, yeah, which we come to later. We're always going to go in there and get caught in there. <laughs> but I don't blame children. If I if I was a child and I saw a dumb waiter, like an elevator sized just for me, yeah. I would do that Absolutely. in a heartbeat. I'd be yeah. so dead. Yeah. A haunted house would kill me. <laughs> a haunted house would kill me so fast. But the thing is, like, I think I, I don't think I don't have anything against dumb waiters in principle. I think it's a good idea, but I think just old time, like a dumb waiter that's been in a house for ninety years yeah. that has mm-hmm. rigging that's probably disintegrated. Do you think it's like a trope? 
of yo absolutely it is. like it's yeah. like the the, sc- the scary dumbwaiter i yeah. thought of the dumbwaiter from uh house uh, the haunting of hill house really I, I was gonna say i thought of the one from ready or not oh yeah yeah the one, yeah, the one from ready or not which absolutely like chops that woman in half it's, yeah uh, i was like that's, that's my real fear is like it's not like an elevator that has like the cat well it is like I mean, well that's like final destination yeah. i think they did an elevator scene yeah. in one of one of those seven or eight movies yeah something like that that's too. that's a that's a natural human fear you see like jaws <laughs> that open and you're supposed to go. You could yeah. go inside, and you're like, I'm gonna get, but I'm gonna get cut close. in half. Yeah. yeah. It was like, it was, yeah. I think about that. I'm walking to an elevator. Spots, yeah. I'm like, ooh, I don't want to get cut in half. Brief, brief little anecdote here, just because it seems relevant. Did you treat uh-huh. someone who got trapped on, in an elevator? On Monday. What? Oh, shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I was working with the thoracic surgery team on Monday. I don't generally work with them, but I was supposed to go pick up this patient um, who had a. a and by you know, she basically had like an infection in her left chest and we were going to go in there, clean it out, put a chest tube in. Sure. Uh, so we have the transport people go to bring them down and I'm waiting in the pre-op area. Yeah. For like a half an hour. <laughs> and then they call and they're like, the fire department's on the way. What? She's still it was in your elevator? <laughs> oh my God. And that woman was just in there with her son and one transport person for like an hour. That's terrifying. And she was That's demented as well. Like she was terrifying. 89. Jesus fucking Like... So by the time she got to pre-op, she was fucking losing it. It's like, and I don't blame her. Oh I called the anesthesiologist. I was like, you got to get up here right now because we need drugs for this lady. Because she hadn't got any yeah. of her pain meds. Oh, my God. Any of her sedatives. Like so nothing. she was, so, so like the elevator, like it didn't close on her? It no, just it just stuck. got stuck. Okay. And she was just yeah. stuck in there. That's my but real like, nightmare. It's like my an leg getting trapped in an elevator. With dementia. Yeah. yeah. And you have like, she had a UTI. She's got an infection in her chest. Things are not going right in yeah. her brain either. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like that's terrifying. And of course, it's like the utility elevators at the hospital, so it's just like <laughs> shiny yeah. metal and walls like, yeah. and like the corrugated uh-huh. tin floors. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Dumbwaiter. That was my, that was back, my back, yeah. I'm scared. That, <laughs> a dumbwaiter is a lot like movie. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that's what the dumbwaiter is. Uh, so Sarah's. Uh, so she finds all these photos and immediately decides to go outside and I guess uh, you know throw them out. Um, which is kind of a bummer. I feel like I would at least take them to like a museum or something. You know, they have some intrinsic value. Being or like really... to a public library yeah, and just like give that. it to them. Yeah, right. I don't know. People and then she flips, she puts them in the trash and the dead people are looking up at her. Oh, yeah. And she flips them over and covers it with newspaper and yeah. slams the lid it's on. It's that Thanksgiving plate down thing where yeah. it's like, this was the shittiest I don't you know, want sweet potato hash I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sweet potato hash. Yeah. I want to go to your Thanksgiving. Yeah. Have you sweet potato hash before? I mean, was not at mar- Thanksgiving. Does it have marshmallows on top? Yeah. Yeah, it just sucks. Okay. I'm <laughs> sorry, I hate it. Whatever. You I know. hate it. Yeah. Fights. They also okay. find out, yeah, we get this, This uh, so uh, whenever she throws the trash away, we get this uh, outside shot of the side of the house, and they have a shitload of firewood, and I was like, man, I was jealous of all that wood that they had. I know, right? I was like, that's a lot of firewood. Mm-hmm. And were um, they using it? <laughs> yeah, they, I don't know what it was there for. Yeah. So Sarah goes back inside, and she for hears um, sounds. It sounds like somebody is like stomping around upstairs, um, a little pitter-patter of feet. Um, so she calls for Matt, she yells up for him, um, and he yells back from the basement downstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get a little, it's a little spook right there. Um, so we go down there and we find out he wants to use the basement as his bedroom. He says, you know, there's a bathroom down here, you guys don't have to hear me puking. Um, and you know, this, he says it feels like the room picked him, essentially. Um, so they go over to the big, giant, creepy wooden doors too, and they try to un- open them again, uh, but neither Sarah nor Matt is able to, to open the doors. Um, and then we get sort of like a fun jump scare too. There's a loud knocking because it's the whole family's here now. Um, this one kind of caught me off guard too. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, all right, that's that's enough. Um, but the rest of the family has showed up. Um, they uh, arrive at the U-Haul and they're ready to move everything in. Um, Wendy and the two little children are there, and then Peter's there driving a sick 
purple pickup. Did you see this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it his whip. Yeah, it is. Man, ah, it's so cool. And it's, he's hauling the U-Haul with it too. This thing looks. Classic. I didn't think that yeah. was like a good idea. He was yeah. so he gets really upset that like his his cancer ridden son is trying to lift the lamp. He's like, ah, oh, don't do yeah. that. And his son's like, ah, oh, I can lift I can a lamp. I'm yeah. not and he's die. like, no, I'm not worried about that. He's like, I don't want you to scratch, scratch my the truck. truck. Yeah, which reasonable. I was like, yeah, I was like, well, if you that's, didn't want that's your an s- asshole move, but this is a really nice truck. But like, if you didn't want your truck getting scratched, why'd you tow a U-Haul? Yeah, exactly. I was like. Uh, what? Given, given the given his yeah his trepidation about the truck, I was like ah oh, whatever. And I, I looked at it. Yeah, it appears to be like a 1954 like F100 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know they they apparently have like you know super heavy duty four speed manual yeah. transmission and shit. And throughout the movie, he's just daily driving it. Yeah. Back and forth. Yeah. Eight hour drives back to the hometown to his job site. Right. And that I was could like, not be anybody like... who loves that truck would not do that. Although I guess gas was like seventy five <laughs> cents. And that yeah, yeah and the Martin Donovan plays the father mm-hmm. who he has like a legacy of being kind of like a like a disappointed dad or he's like a neglected. Dad face. Yeah. yeah, he's in a lot of stuff too. It's kind of funny. I like yeah. it's, it's another face you recognize, mm-hmm. but you don't know the actor's name as often. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I've seen that guy somewhere. Right, and I, I think that's kind of the way. Like you know, like Virginia Madsen is obviously like the selling point for this like film. It's like yeah, you see her in a trailer. You're yeah, like, I'm obviously gonna go watch that. Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it looks fucking awesome. Um, yeah, so uh, we get the whole, yeah, the uh, the exchange with uh, Peter and uh, Matt where he's like, yeah, don't scratch my fucking car. Um, so <laughs> Peter helps, so the dad helps Matt move his mattress into the basement, uh, and he tries, they both try to open the big creepy wooden door again. Um, but, you know, they said, you know, maybe they still seal it for storage or something. Um, meanwhile, upstairs, uh, Sarah is walking Wendy through the house. She says, you know, I found the perfect room for you. Um, it's right up here. It has a giant closet. Um, this is where we get that daytime scare that you were talking about. She opens the closet door. There's a mirror on the closet door. As it opens, it swings past. We see that creepy fucking silhouette again mm-hmm. in the background. Just and a, it's a nice little flash. Boop. Yeah. Um, it's just some guy in a costume. Yeah, just just, he just costume. stands there, too. It's like they, don't, they tell him, like, what do I do? Like, don't do anything. Just yeah, stand right. there. Just stand there. That's all, all you got to do. You're the shape. Yeah. yeah. You're Michael Myers. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, they, she shuts the door, and the figure has disappeared in the background. So it's a really ominous. Um, so back downstairs in uh, Matt's basement room, uh, Virginia Matson is mopping up the floor. Um, Matt is looking at the wind door, looks back down at the floor, and suddenly the mop water has become blood. Um, he starts to freak out a little bit, and we get, you know, this is another element of sort of like that psychological thriller. It, it seems as if Matt is losing his mind. He looks mm-hmm. back down and turns back in the mop water again. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing I will say in my research of the Skedikers, like the mm-hmm. actual story with mm-hmm. um, that is one thing that they did claim. Mm-hmm. Um that in the interviews with the author, um, what is it, Ray Garten or something like that, mm-hmm. um, that's one story that did come up that ended up in the book. Right. Um, was water turning to blood. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was cool that they tied yeah. that in there and that's figured out how to yeah, add that Yeah, because it's a creepy thing too. It looks like, yeah, it's, it's done really well. I like the the casual nature that uh, that Sarah had, like Virginia Madsen has with like washing her, her just very like, you know, calm face. Like, yeah, nothing's wrong here. What's wrong, yeah, son? Yeah, it looks great. She's just yeah. smearing it all over the floor of his room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so later that night, Matt and Sarah are in the kitchen. They're setting, or I guess later that day, Matt, uh, Matt and Sarah are setting up in the for lunch in the kitchen. Um, Matt's setting the table, um, and he sets the plates on the table, goes back to look at the shelf, and the plates have teleported back onto the shelf. Um, and so we, you know, like I said, this is more elements of the idea of we're leading, we're going down the path of the idea that Matt is losing his mind and, you know, some more of these, uh, these, uh, psychological horror elements. Um, there's this brief exchange with his mom where, you know, he, she says, oh, I thought I put him on the table. Why'd you put him back up there? Um, so he goes and turns around and then they're not on the table again. Then suddenly turning back around to the shelf, they crash to the floor. They've now been thrown poltergeist style to the floor. Um, so... 
we learn this is the exchange where uh sarah first tells matt you know we learn that uh if matt's uh, the doctor told matt if he starts to hallucinate um that they would drop him from the trial um that's kind of this is where they first sort of start to communicate that and uh this is where i kind of like was also sort of realizing again like i said on my second or third watch um how much i love the relationship between sarah and matt here um it the first thing i mean it's kind of a silly like comparison but it reminds me of like Rewatching like Donnie Darko recently. I don't know the last time mm-hmm. you watched that movie, but I feel like, especially like on first watches or movies that I haven't seen since I was like a young teenager, I really neglect um, a lot of those like parent child relationships because it's not really something I guess like, especially in horror movies or things, you know, when you're younger, you don't really pay attention to. But um, the way these yeah, two characters. I think at, at that earlier age, yeah. too, I hadn't analyzed my relationship with my parents at all. Right. It's not something I really like thought about often. Yeah. And now as, a, as an adult, that realizes my parents are actual people you pick up on that stuff exactly like yeah and because this is where we kind of like we talked about earlier we kind of get this idea that like you know that sarah and matt are on the same team and they want she wants him to get this treatment and so they're kind of working together you know in spite of the fact you know they're she understands him and i guess she she sees that he's stressed and stuff but and he knows that like if he you know comes out and is is communicating um uh, about these these hallucinations that he's Mm -hmm. having that he could be taken out of this trial um, and yeah, so, yeah this... and he he has a short statement mm-hmm. afterwards after they basically Sarah and Matt both realized that like he mentally didn't make a connection there about the mm-hmm. plates. He's like afterwards he goes, oh yeah, I remember now. Mm-hmm. I just set him too close to the edge, mm-hmm. and she just like yeah buys into it. Yeah, which like as a mother you would know that's yeah. a fucking lie, but they're in it together yeah and yeah. i think it's cool because it sets us it sets up some stakes for their you know for like we get we get more we get more problems that are sort of like you know that are unraveling as the as the movie unfolds and stuff um so peter uh the dad is outside playing tag with the kids and i guess they're cooking some burgers and stuff um that's like stargazing here uh and then peter starts to tell this like you know story about uh you know when he was a kid then good them going camping and you know trying to count every single star in the sky and this is where we get one of the you know one of matt's famous sure. quips dying kid quip coming yeah in. the dying kid <laughs> quip where he says you know like matt says you know well most of i guess most of the stars are all are already dead and stuff and uh his dad says well they look pretty alive to me and then he says well i guess it's just because they haven't got the news yet and i was like god damn dude. Like, god, <laughs> like this kid just read nietzsche yeah. <laughs> yeah he's fucking bumming me out yeah god is dead and so are the stars yeah and he was so like, am I. dude fuck the stars no one that's just no way uh-uh absolutely not right uh, so we get some more, you know, sort of like a shots of some of the other family members. Um, the little brother, Billy, is like looking out the window. Um, I guess he sees something. And then, you know, his mom, Sarah, comes upstairs and they everybody's checking on each other. Uh, Wendy and... Uh, that scene threw me off a little mm-hmm. bit. I thought there was going to be something more there. Yeah. Because he was looking real creepy out the window. Yeah, right. And then when she came in, he like snapped his focus to yeah. her like like he did see right. something but i wonder if there was something else there that got cut like you know left out you know, you know it, this like is an like in between a, scene a bigger yeah. question i have it's it's like a pretty tight hour and a half hour 35 yeah, really 100 minutes mm-hmm. uh, yeah and like 10 of its credits too uh-huh. if you if you like do the math you're mm-hmm. you're hard out by like a minute hour and 36 minutes or something mm-hmm. and i like keep wondering because there's like room in an hour and a half there's room for more and mm-hmm. i'm like i i find myself there's a few things i'm like oh, i feel like there was more here or like yeah. they didn't they didn't develop it but it's related because mm-hmm. i think it's pg-13 yes it's a pg-13 yes. horror movie yeah, yeah it is. it's yeah, like it is. that's i think that was one of the other things is like related to my overall like thoughts is uh, and we can get more into it later mm-hmm. but just like 
the the rating i wonder if they have to skirt the line by like not showing as much mm-hmm. of like the spooky stuff as we would normally mm-hmm. see in something that's right. r because like there's some hard cuts from uh-huh. some really spooky stuff and it's the same and so i wonder if they were like, trying to follow that idea is like oh if we have something kind of scary we can just cut really fast mm-hmm. and then that'll kind of fit our rating mm-hmm. and be scary yeah um, whereas like, I'm like, oh, I know what I want, I want to, I want to linger. Yeah. I want to see the, I want to see the makeup effects and stuff. Yeah. It was just interesting considering how much is still like in there that I think, you know, the, the movie still, still stays pretty scary with the minimal amount of like, you know, body horror stuff that they include. And maybe, yeah, it, it is sort of, it, I, I could use more of it. I agree. Like I could definitely use more. But I wonder of, if like, they can't, like that's yeah. what, mm-hmm. that's like, they're like, this is the line. Yeah. If we do a second more, we'll become an R-rated movie. Right. And then we should have done like a thousand yeah. times more. Well, yeah. and you wonder if during production, what was the plan? Did they, were they right. thinking R? Mm-hmm. And then I don't know. the studio was yeah. like, mm, we don't want to do that. The for, script you know, is, for, like, box yeah. Reasons, you know? it, there's definitely like room for it to be R. Mm-hmm. So I guess it, it feels intentional in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. especially because the, the editing style matches throughout the course of the film. It's like mm-hmm. all these like hard cuts and, and like the moment, like scenes barely even end before we're like quick into the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just it's just super interesting to me. Is like that is that the line? Is it like two more seconds of this and we would be an R rated right. movie? Yeah. Is that what dictated some for of that? Like, yeah, or... for spooky images or distressing like yeah. Yeah, because there's some there's some gross stuff mm-hmm. later. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Later yeah. that happens that I'm like I bet if there was like ten more seconds they might be like oh, it's pushing it. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's it's just point. related to yeah. like why we're seeing yeah you know like these quick quick events happen yeah. is like part of it might just be. You know, they, they wanted the whole movie to feel like it was on the same, like, level, copacetic. Mm-hmm. And some of the scenes that they shot, they're like, well, we can't do it this mm-hmm. way. So mm-hmm. it ought to be consistent throughout. Yeah, who knows if, like, when he was, like, like you said, I, like, in that scene, I do think that, like, he was looking out the window or something, and it did seem weird that they cut away from him. It's like maybe there was, like, one of those gross, mutilated bodies out there or something. Yeah, because they definitely have, yeah. like, footage. Yeah. Like, it's not, they're not going to shoot, like, half yeah. of a scene. Like, they would have shot it through. Yeah. And then they would have cut some of that later. Yeah. Unless they were film like shooting on film and they didn't have the money, but, <laughs> but it, like it's just one of those things. I'm like, ah, uh, this mm-hmm. is interesting. Well, it feels they, like there's stuff they, they <clears throat> left behind. If they had done that, that would have been the only time in the whole first half of the movie yeah. that anybody else in the family saw anything True. for the most part. Mm-hmm. So maybe I don't know. it's a maybe logic they, thing. Maybe yeah. they backed out. And, and on Billy that. is yeah. like one of the only ones. He is one of the first ones to kind of like see anything else too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, but they're really point. they're playing that up mm-hmm. for the first half. Yeah, is that right. there's a reason only Matt. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it definitely feeds into the psychological mm-hmm. aspect too. Because nobody else is seeing shit. Mm-hmm. And then, which obviously later on we get an explanation mm-hmm. to that. But yeah, and like, but like I said to that point about uh, the graphic horror and stuff. Uh, the very next scene, you know, very next uh, couple shots here, we you know Matt wakes up in the middle of the night in his basement bedroom um and he hears like these like muffled screams and we start to he starts to have this vision of this you know met gruesome medical procedure or embalming thing going on in the, the storage room next to him um so the specters that he kind of sees the window appear to like you know appear to see him and to know that he's there and then suddenly he's he's viewing the events through the eyes of uh, of the young man yeah the medical assistant who's Who's assisting this evil doctor? Um, and this is where we get that that body horror. I don't know why, like, yeah, like eyeball stuff is 
it's eyelids, nasty, man. man. It's yeah. You never think about it. Yeah. It's like the one thing you're like, I'll always have eyelids. Like never, <laughs> that'll never change. I could break an arm. I'll always have eyelids. Like if I'm losing an eyelid, I'm losing a. If I'm losing an eye, I'm losing a whole eye. Like as soon, it'd be as soon weird. as I saw that focused shot come in, yeah. and I saw the little the forceps. That was a, it was yeah. a bad a bad cop clamp. Is that what it's called? Okay. Yeah. What a no, bad just, cop bad, bad cop clamp. <laughs> That dude is bad cop. Bad cop. A bad cop. That was yeah. the type of surgical tool I saw creep in from the corner of the screen. Yeah. I went, "Fuck this no, so dude!" Yeah, but is... like, they don't draw blood, right? Like, we don't no, actually we don't no actually blood. see the yeah. knife cut anything. So but it's all it's anticipation. It's a thing. scissors. It's scissors, which is so much worse. <laughs> uh, so these, yeah, this like I have one of those. Clip, yeah, comes in, grabs the eyelid, slips underneath the eyelid, and then we get the scissors coming in and starting to cut, off. and then. It and then cut it, away, cut yeah. away. Yeah. To your point, maybe. Yeah, yeah like, I said, like if they had lingered, more, to, yeah, it would have yeah. been like something completely different. Yeah, it might have, it would have grossed me out. Mm-hmm. I would have been super gross. But I was like, I was like, I don't know if I'll, I don't, I'm, I don't know. Maybe I just missed. I don't have a yeah. harder stomach, but I was like not as grossed out yeah. by the whole thing. I'm like, all right, do it. Yeah, do it, doctor. Yeah, I dare you. <laughs> cut someone's eyelids. Let's see it. I've seen worse. I've seen worse too. You literally have actually seen worse. Um, I think it's just eye stuff in general. Yeah, it's just eye stuff. Yeah, eye stuff, teeth stuff is, is rough. Mm, um, I don't mind teeth stuff. Yeah, I don't know. You're really into teeth play. I love play, teeth yeah. stuff, I, I love you some teeth play. That's how Vin Diesel makes out. He's all jaw. The clicking. Like, it is. Like, you got to watch Triple X. It's amazing. <laughs> well, Travis, after that jaw incident, he might have some like repressed oh, uh, go. teeth oh. stuff going on. I've had, had plenty of, yeah, These are my real teeth. so I don't are fucked. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> Um, so yeah, then, uh, Matt wakes up again, I guess he wakes up from the dream or the vision that he was having. He goes up and attempts to open the door. Uh, the doorknob sears his hand. We get a little sizzle and then we, you know, zoom out and we get this exterior shot of the house and we hear this like far off screaming in the distance. Um, uh, so we go back and now we're back in the doctor's office. Um, and Matt's having sort of like a check-in checkup with his doctor. Um, and they tell the doctor, you is know, a complete fucking moron. Exactly. In this scene. Go elaborate. <laughs> Is that how you would tell a clock? Like that's how you would tell a patient. Looking at his hand, right, Uh which he just burned last night, Uh and somehow all of the blisters, which he got immediately after the burn, somehow. Mm -hmm. Which I mean, they develop pretty quick, but he literally lifted his hand away, and it was blisters, which Mm -hmm. wouldn't happen. But that now the blisters are gone. Mm -hmm. We're assuming like twelve hours later, right? And the doctor's like, contact dermatitis. Contact dermatitis. How is that the one thing we all remember too? (laughs) Trauma from a different part of your body affecting your hand. And I was like, shut up, dude. That's not how that works. Like, you can't tell it's a burn. Yeah, in taking of Deborah Logan, didn't they say that about her back that it was like contact dermatitis? Yeah. Is that is that a throwaway medical line for medical? Kind of. Oh my god, contact dermatitis (laughs) is the medical boogeyman of horror. Like if somebody has like a little rash. And the doc has no fucking clue. Contact dermatitis. That's, that's CD. Yeah. If like herpes, they're like, CD. definitely the CD. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, basically this is kind of where we get more of that development of uh, Sarah and Matt both trying to sort of like repress, uh, you know, cover this idea that, you know, have you been having any issues or anything? It's like, nah, everything's cool. Everything's cool, doctor. Nothing to worry about mm-hmm. here. Um, yeah, as they look at each other in the doctor's Yeah, yeah they right? do kind of, she like no, covers for him. Yeah. Of course not. Nothing's happening. And she replies for him. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. like, as a medical professional, you super right would know, like, mm. yeah. what do you do but in that situation? Like, you I try to isolate the, really? the patient. Like, you try to be like, hey, I just want to do some, like, I got to have your son yeah. take his shirt off. You want to step out of the room yeah, you know, yeah, for yeah. an assessment? And then you ask him. Oh, yeah. 
or like we do that with like Je- we have Jehovah's Witness patients sometimes right. that like oh. are coming in for surgery and they're like I don't want blood I don't take blood products I'm Jehovah's Witness yeah and then you get their family out of the room and they're like give me the fucking yeah, blood Pommy, give me all really give me all of the blood wait yeah. really yeah. I, yeah we got it because they don't want to die this is yeah. amazing you know you have like, the best stories <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it yeah We're, we'll do it after the after the show absolutely um but the uh so we go back home uh matt and sarah uh, drive back to the house uh sarah's helping matt up the uh the stairs to the house um she says all right i'm gonna go run back to the car real quick you stay here matt leans over onto the pillar uh on the front patio of the house which immediately sort of like caves in and disintegrates into like flesh and maggots which it looked like moist cake. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say that. I, I was is, like, is that cake batter? This or? reminded me of those those infuriating videos where, like, the entire world is cake. Where it's like, they, like, they're, it's like a microwave, yeah. like, they're cutting into the phone. And yeah, then, like, they cut into cake. the wall and it's fucking cake. Have you seen <laughs> the guys that are, like, they cut into their arms? Yeah. It's like a, it's a close-up and they're like, my arm is cake? And they just start uh, eating their hands. <laughs> same concept. Uh, exact same exactly. thing. Exactly. But, uh, so, yeah, he starts freaking out because, yeah, he, he pulls his hand out and it's covered in, yeah, like, like you know, the... Uh, the chum and maggots and stuff um and he you know he's looking back at his mom then looks back at his hand and then the, the pillar is back to normal and everything's gone um gone is okay now um but again yeah we're hammering in that this idea of like because that is yeah it's psychological horror man it's 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 thrilling and it's it's, it's creepy mm-hmm. um and his his descent into madness um yeah definitely i definitely feel for him here uh, it's it's rough so that's like strike four yeah. of him like seeing things freaking out and mm-hmm. then like telling people he's fine yeah, I think. Um, so we cut uh, Sarah's on the phone with Peter. I guess uh, I guess he's still either working in the other town or he's like at work or something's going on. You know, they're lamenting their um, their financial struggles some more. Um, she says, you know, every every pill is twenty five dollars, which I feel like is like in nineteen eighty seven money, man. It's, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. The U.S. healthcare system is fucked. This is still in nineteen eighty seven already. Um, thanks, Reagan. Um, <laughs> I don't know. So. Um, we uh matt is in his is uh is asleep downstairs in his nice uh jimmy jammies uh he's got this sweet like blue silk uh pajama outfit they all have amazing pajamas virginia madison and uh and and what's his face they all they both get like great pajama sets Mm -hmm. they've got money problems but they've got (laughs) we got pajamas that was that was a christmas gift yeah exactly (laughs) several years ago but he never grew out of yeah um, so Matt wakes up though because he hears the clicking of the scary wooden door. That um, it just sounds like the, the latch is coming undone. So he goes to investigate. Uh, he he enters the room and then we cut away and we hear sort of a distant screaming again. Um, uh, presumably Matt or Matthew has like seen something crazy going on. Um, so it's next morning. Uh, Matthew's little brother comes down. Billy he comes down to the basement. Uh, Matt's not in his bed. He's, you know, he calls for Matt, he's trying to figure out where he is, uh, realizes the door is open, so he goes into the scary surgery room, the embalming room, um, and then Matt proceeds to place Billy on what I like to call, yeah, the surgical table, the rotating table of death, like, essentially, mm-hmm. it's, he, he tortures his little brother by spinning him around and around and around, um, and it's at this point that I guess, you know, we kind of start thinking that maybe Matt is becoming possessed or something, mm-hmm. uh, he's definitely, sh- his tone is shifted, uh, his yeah, character is shifted. The look in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's gone in from the face of his brother's fear to, to is, anger, yeah. you know, and and you know, despondency or something. Um, so yeah, he's spinning his brother, spinning his brother around, um, and then uh, their dad comes downstairs uh, and sees all the coroner's tools and all the really crazy gadgets and jars full of things. Uh, and he he says, now we know why why the rent was so cheap. Um, 
which is like then he freaks out yeah <laughs> so it's like a, there's a little bit of time between while. when they move in and when he finds out why like why they're there yeah, why he it's didn't so really cheap. pry into that i guess yeah. earlier on mm-hmm. um that being which, said they do go outside and immediately have an argument about it um, yeah he says yeah. you know did you know about this beforehand and it's like well you didn't really ask did you do um and you know she says you know this it makes you be, wonder yeah how much Sarah knew? Yeah, because yeah. It, they, like, after, as soon as the landlord say, yeah. says it has a history, it cuts. Mm-hmm. You don't know what exactly. Yeah, and like, did he say that there's a fucking embalming room in the basement right. or? What is no, she? I think it's like, like she knew it was like a. Because they, they have a family home. meeting. Yeah, they, yeah, they have a family meeting. She's like, this was a funeral home. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay. Right. Like, that seems to be. Maybe they're like. But when you just that. say that, it yeah. doesn't sound as bad until you realize <laughs> that there's like an entire surgical suite in the basement. Yeah. I swear they called it like a mortuary at one point. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they called it, yeah, a funeral home or, yeah, a coroner's, you know, yeah. office or whatever. They use like um, several different terms throughout yeah. the movie. Yeah, all pretty synonymous. It just gets worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah, but not before. So um, that scene you're talking about comes up next, but not before at the end of this argument, um, we sort of get some of the you know the relationship drama here, where we kind of get more about you know she says, well, you know, are you are you up, you're just a liar, you're a drunk and a liar or something, and he's like, I'm not anymore, I don't drink mm-hmm. anymore. Um, yeah, he calls up that he, old shit. he calls yeah. her a liar. Yeah, classic gaslighting dad mm-hmm. move again, mm-hmm. and then yeah. she said, then she brings up the well. You were a drunk and a liar. That's yeah. why I lied And then to he's you. like, mm-hmm. okay, but that doesn't change that you're a liar. Yeah. It's like, maybe yeah. I was, but that doesn't apply. It's yeah. also the That's first time. Yeah. It's like the first time we hear about his like history with alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we're like close to 30 minutes in. Exactly. Yeah. In the film. So it's like, oh, yeah. oh, these people have like a, a more of a history yeah. than just like a family strap for cash. Yeah. There's more there. There's more going on. And it, it'll come back around too. They, they bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was. I think. Yeah, I think it paid off. It was set up and paid off nicely. It was like mm-hmm. a, uh, yeah. a nice little subplot. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't need that little <laughs> that little forced exposition going on, right? Um, so it's nighttime. Uh, they're having dinner. They're having their family discussion about the house that used to be used as a funeral home. Is that's how they put it. Um, Peter says that they need to pull together as a team. The dad says, you know, they all need to work together. And Matt in this scene does not look good. He is clearly out of his wits. Um, so they all begin to hold hands to say grace for dinner, um, which I guess inadvertently triggers like a seance. Um, so Matt begins to have a vision of, uh, of the past again. He sees this young man uh, and a bunch of old people sitting around a table with the evil doctor standing in the background with his cool glasses. Um, and uh, we, we kind of get this, like, you know, we, we start to see that, like, you know, this young man that, that Matt is becoming connected with appears to be like the medium or the conduit um, or something. Um, but then we immediately like, snap back to reality and everybody asks Matt if he's okay. Um, you're going to say it? Yeah. I was going to say it. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to say it. Uh, oh, he's so mad. Yeah. <laughs> but he won't give up. Uh, so uh, then we go down to the basement. And I guess Mendy, Wendy and Matt are having a heart to heart and uh, she's, uh, she's trying to ask him, you know, what's going on? You know, mm-hmm. what's, you know, what's, what's the deal, dude? Um, and we get this uh, sort of, so this exposition about uh, the, the kinds of books that these kids read when they were young, because um, apparently they read creepy poems and stories. Uh, you know, that the man who wasn't there at the top of the stairs, oh, how I wish he wasn't there, um, which is a fun uh, poem mm-hmm. that has some origins from the book that uh, this book this book was based on, you know, in the dark place. I was going to ask, since you yeah. mentioned the book, what's the relationship with yeah. the, the creepy poems? They go back to that a couple times. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the poem, so we get that one, right? So the man who wasn't there. Um, and then the uh, we get the second poem, which is uh, the one where it's, you know, it's it's two, two dead boys. Yeah, it's uh, a, a, a bright day and a dark night or a bright mm-hmm. day at night. Um, two, uh, two dead boys get up to fight. 
um, that's sort of like the foreshadowing kind of sets up, you know, it, what this, uh, what their relationship is, like the allegory for it. Um, mm-hmm. So both poems, so the first one, it's the, you know, as I was going up the stair, I met a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. I wish he'd go away. Uh, it was ri- originally written by a different poet named William Hughes Mearns. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's included in, in the book in a dark place, but it's not, um, uh, yeah. It but it's not like, like textual. It's just kind of. Yeah. Forward, or, yeah. Um, the one bright day poem actually comes from a tradition. So it's 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 a uh, British and Scottish. It's it's a poem that comes from a tradition in British and Scottish folklore, and it doesn't actually have any real author. Um, it's uh, kind of just one of those like I guess uh, oral tradition mm-hmm. um, Passed poems. Down. Yeah, spooky. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's considered more of like a moral exercise uh, in the tradition of miracle plays uh, than as like a true nonsense verse apparently. Um, hmm. Yeah, so it's like a little like Scottish folk tale or folklore uh, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, he he recites these like really really creepy poems to to Wendy. Uh, and he, he, he be, is apparently beginning to sort of like understand his relationship uh, to the, the figure that he's seeing in his in his visions. Um, and Matt then looks over Wendy's shoulder and appears to see the silhouette of, you know, a figure standing in the coroner's room uh, behind him. Um, so then we go, we cut to the hospital where we get Elias Codius, uh, the guy who plays Reverend... What a legend. Yeah. Dude, what a hero. So, what a good fucking like, performance by him, too. I think he has, like, I don't know, he, it takes a while for him to show up in this movie, but once he does, I'm like... Yeah. yeah, everything just kind of goes up a notch. It does. Everything clicks yeah. into place. Yeah. From also... there, that really, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. honestly, it's escalating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and we also get like really, I think all of his dialogue is. All right, cool. Uh, let's edit. Uh, yeah, all so, all of his dialogue. Dodge is... Challenger. Yeah, I think it might have been Dodge Challenger. Yeah, I, I saw the taillights. <laughs> um, yeah, every single one of his lines are so like all of his like philosophical, you know things that he goes off on are all really pretty to me and I, I like the way that he uh the way that his relationship with like matt and the rest of the family like kind of develops his like his like fatalism and stuff mm-hmm. and uh and everything and this is kind of the first instance where we get that um we're back at the hospital um so elias codius is like in one chair uh, and then matt is receiving his like you know his injection i guess of whatever um his infusion yeah his infusion, infusion. of, of uh, the combined treatment that he's getting um He's watching this like really creepy stop motion like claymation kind of film or something, and then sudden crabs appear. Uh, it's crabs. Uh, <laughs> Why it's crabs? crabs? That know. one. It didn't really have any other relationship with anything else in the movie. They're just creepy. <laughs> they they are kind of creepy. Yeah. They're kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. But very... I guess that was it. I, I just wasn't sure if it was like, is that a Connecticut thing? Like, yeah. like are crabs a thing there? I don't. Yeah, know. I don't know. I didn't know if that had any other significance That's or anything. Fine. It didn't appear to. That's have fine by me. At least just, as far as I know. I was creeped out. Into it. Yeah, crabs are creepy. Uh, but then we come back, he's getting a shot from the nurse's infusion, uh, and the crabs disappear. Um, Elias Codius, who is a reverend, okay, so they don't actually say, so his name is written on the card, but I don't think he ever actually says his name out loud. Um, it's Pastor something. Reverend Pope, Pope Sue. Okay. It's P-O-P-E-S-C-U. Uh, oh, it's like Pope Pescu or something. Pope Pope yeah, Pope Pescu or something. Okay. I remember Sounds looking at that. Vaguely yeah. Polish or... Yeah, something like that. Um, so he's sitting next to Matt, uh, getting his treatment as well. Um, you know, they're having this conversation. And like, basically, the Reverend tells him, you know, hey, you, you probably shouldn't tell people about the, the things that you're seeing because people don't understand. Um, Which is like a great like reiteration of like, yeah. maybe you're going crazy, but <laughs> yeah. don't tell anyone. Right. It's like, like a, what a great way like, to reinforce the rules too. Yeah, like exactly. all those scenes where like, go tell somebody, you're losing yeah. your mind. It's yeah. like, no, don't do that. Don't but tell it does the doctor. Kind of, yeah. Just tell me. 
Yeah, right? he Your does say that. neighborhood <laughs> reverend. It does kind of track. He's like, <laughs> this is a moment, too, where, like, I, when we first introduced him, too, I wasn't sure, like, I like that we kind of don't know right off the bat whether or not he's a good or a bad character. It actually takes mm-hmm. a while for me to, like, do yeah. a movie until we kind of decide that yeah. he's actually here for good because I definitely, like saw him coming in and maybe thought he was going to have like a turn and be like on the side of the evil doctor or something, mm-hmm. or maybe he was the evil doctor. Um, but I did for a moment. I thought right. that I was like, what yeah. if it's the doctor reincarnate? Yeah. Um, but he gives, basically he tells, we sort of get the setup of, of this sort of concept that will kind of play into the rest of this movie here where, um, the Reverend begins to tell Matt this story about, uh, his wife who, uh, when she was on her deathbed, basically saying that, um, when his wife uh, was passing away and, you know, she would be speaking to all these other people um, in the room, looking at them and trying to talk to them. But uh, the, it was only the two of them in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically sort of like sets up this idea that it's, you know, the, that their their proximity to death because they're both afflicted, you know, with these life threatening, you know, diseases and they're, they both have cancer, that it, it puts them. In, in such a close proximity to the afterlife that they're much more susceptible to interacting and perceiving it, uh, interacting with and perceiving it. Yeah, they um, come a lot closer to, like, the ethereal plane yeah. that splits the dead from yeah, the Yeah, they're, like, like, one foot in life and one foot in death yeah. kind of thing. And I really, like, I, Which is I, I like Super fatalistic. That. Yeah. And he leans into that so hard it throughout is, the whole movie. It is movie. super fatalistic, yeah. but I love the, I think that, like, it, there, there's <clears> many other uh, haunted and demonic and ghost movies that sort of, do do lazier versions of this of explaining it's like well why ghosts like why are they mm-hmm. here you know right like many times it's like oh you are you know you just have this 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 seeing eye you're like a natural medium so you have a connection to the afterlife and i really like there's there's something very poetic i think about this movie though about the idea that like they do set like i said they set it up at the very beginning when she's driving through um that cemetery which also comes to play like later on when we talk about the explicit like you know facts uh that will lead to the reveal later um but this idea that somebody's you know proximity to death that like the uh, the people who who are dying or closest to death are also close to the afterlife and you know those that dwell in it and everything which i think is a really really cool storytelling device to get mm-hmm. us into a ghost story um and sort of you know do as much as explaining as you need to do to kind of like get you know to to get the ghosts into the story and rationalize them in a way that is interesting mm-hmm. um i guess and also just a great way to like mesh the the personal drama with the supernatural mm-hmm. drama like yeah. i think this yeah. movie oh, is yeah, is right. often at its best mm-hmm. when it's like co-mingling you know like how a family is traumatized by someone with cancer mm-hmm. with like you're in a haunted house it's mm-hmm. like you know the, the house is there's so many ways that it all becomes symbolic and they all kind of inform on each other mm-hmm. but i think that's like the hot my personal favorite parts of this movie are those moments where it all like it's they're what are we talking about here? Are we talking about haunting or are we talking about cancer? Yeah. yeah. And like how a family deals with this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives a reason to like Matt's isolation from the rest of his family too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause up to this point, you're just like, he's going crazy. He's yeah. got cancer. He's on drugs. He's going crazy. But this like, and nobody else is seeing this shit, but this kind of like justifies the way he's feeling. Exactly. It, you know, and we get this, like, uh, you know, one of these like last great lines of this scene here, too, where they're talking about, you know, being a reverend, he references, you know, walking in the shadow of the valley, you know, the, the valley of the shadow, what is it? The, the valley of the shadow of death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, first, he just says, the va- we're in the valley we're in the yeah. valley or something. Yeah. And that's like, hmm? I kind of knew, though. Says, and then he says. I knew where it was going. Yeah. 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 He says, you know what you do when you find yourself in the valley? And he says, fear no evil. 
which is kind of like I mean mm. it's it, it just, it's cool it's like it's like yeah. a pretty metal line to me near, like, near, near. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that moment will come later actually um, so we go back uh, yeah so Sarah and Peter uh, are back at the house here um, at night being being a little sexy outside uh, he's about to go off and go to work I guess um, they're having a nice little intimate moment with each other um, she says you know I appreciate you know I guess they've made up since their fight earlier I appreciate all the work that you're doing you've been working so hard um, and then back inside the house, uh, the younger sister is playing in her dollhouse and, uh, uh, Wendy's in the other room, the lights begin to flicker, uh, inside the house, uh, and then they suddenly go out and, uh, <laughs> the little sister says, she says, can you turn on the lights please? And I guess the ghosts, they were like, all right, yeah, we can turn on the lights. Thank you. You Just for nice. you. You asked nicely. Not for Matt. But yeah. she's like playing you. too. It, there's something about like the way she's mm-hmm. playing made me think that she, it was like a classic girl hanging out with a ghost. Right. Trope. Yeah. I was yeah. like, and and she is was she friends with a ghost? To the yeah. doll saying, you said if we moved here, Matt would get, you'd make yeah. Matt better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that. But you don't see the doll at first. You, cause they're in, it's Wendy listening in on the conversation mm-hmm. from upstairs. So the whole, I thought it was going to be some sort of like yeah. demon or something right. like in the room with her. Yeah, because yeah. we but do in this moment we do house. get in the flickering lights we get the flash of the figure, the the, the melted man standing right behind her, the hand mm-hmm. of it, and then it disappears as soon as the lights come back on. Right. But I do wonder now that you guys now that you point that out actually I wonder if this is more of that early on maybe in the in the origins of this film like we talked about with Billy earlier maybe the two young children had more of a. Um, uh, more more of a relationship with the haunting than they do in the final mm-hmm. version of it, um, which could because be, that is, know. I mean, yeah, that's well, and that whole idea of like children mm-hmm. accessing the paranormal and the supernatural mm-hmm. more than adults do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call it a trope because if I feel like in in more stories than not that I've read of like people that are explaining real life supernatural mm-hmm. phenomenon that happens yeah frequently it's like my child says they say yeah it's one of those explanations like poltergeist activity and stuff is the idea that children are more attuned to like to, to those supernatural events because they're or closer to death yeah right. in the opposite direction yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're only three non-existence. four years <laughs> removed from non-existence yeah right um so sarah goes back inside and i guess uh she goes uh to look down in the basement um for matt and then he suddenly appears behind her like a fucking creep um in a, a nice little like short jump scare um so we get a little bit more uh, a few more shots of peter as he goes off to, to work apparently he pulls up to the parking lot of a of a local what appears to be like a local dive bar or something there's a rolling rock neon sign in the window mm-hmm. um we a happy couple. he has his faith yeah. tested yeah. exactly a happy like, couple inside slurping down that one kind of threw me i thought it would be like a divier <laughs> yeah. bar it looked like the inside of a chili's for yeah. a second right. <laughs> It was the 80s. I was like, that does kind of look nice. Yeah, exactly. It was it was that dive bar. It was our dive bar, but it was back when it first got opened. It was probably mm-hmm. like Liquid Landing oh. in the 80s before it got a, you know, a fresh build. The, the oh my three God. decades. That sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he pulls out of the parking lot. He doesn't mm-hmm. go in for a beer. We think he. It's might, such but, a quick yeah. scene too. Yeah. It's like two shots. I think they yeah. do it in like actually two shots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which like is another thing that I'm like when you're on production. And those kinds of scenes, they're like the last to shoot because mm. it's a you different location. There, yeah, they do them. They, they like they do them real fast because you just, it's the last thing you <laughs> yeah. shoot. You run mm. out of time, and so it's one of those things. I'm like, I wonder if they had more to this, mm-hmm. like more of a struggle. Like he has more something to emote, and then they're right. just like, we don't have time to shoot this. Yeah, like, like a few more scenes of him interacting and, or like struggling with. Yeah, and the director's like, all right, yeah. we'll do it in two shots, and mm-hmm. we'll be out of here in two hours, no problem. Mm-hmm. That's like interesting um, to me. Yeah, it's, I, I do like, though, that we kind of get, like, at least, like, his sudden outburst later doesn't kind of come out of nowhere. We sort of get a little bit of, like, a lead-up to it, which, I, you know, which is nice to have that in there. Um, yeah, and so we go back to the house, and the kids decide to play 
Um, he, the, one of the, the kids are playing with the creepiest magic eight ball that I've ever seen. It's like a giant fucking eyeball um, where you know they shake it. Straight out. I was of so Dallas's. disappointed it like didn't come back you in would, later. I was like, that way, it's right? an eye. Yeah. Yeah. That seems it's like it's it's fun. perfect. Yeah. Like, yeah. What would be the other purpose of having the shit in there? Um, or like a, an eight ball that like talks to you. You like ask yeah. it a question and it like knows your name. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a Ouija eight ball. Yeah. I would watch that movie. Yeah, what is that? I'd good. watch Ouija four, yeah. the right. eight ball. I got your first thirty pages right here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, Sarah's about to take off. She says that okay, Wendy's in charge and everything, and uh, she leaves the house. Uh, Matt tells the little kids, "All right, you guys better be good, or you have to deal with me." Um, so then they, they decide to go play hide and seek, um, with the little kids. So, um, Billy and, or, uh, Billy and Mary, the, the youngest child go off to, uh, to go, to go hide, um, while Wendy is reading a book outside. Um, and Matt is going to look for, for, um, the two youngest kids. Um, we see Mary, uh, go and hide under a sink and then go, Billy goes and hides, um, somewhere else in the house. Um, and this is where as Matt is exploring the house and looking for the two little kids, he suddenly turns sepia tone. And it's really scary. Yeah. He um, wanders into one room of the house where suddenly there's like a photo on the wall that we didn't see there before. Um, And we realize that Matt is having another vision of uh, Jonah, the boy from the past again. Jonah is is trying to like grab his things. He's in uh, the past and what was his room, I guess, uh, pulling his things out of the dresser um, and attempts to go run downstairs, but Throwing not before he's in a pillowcase. Yeah, a rucksack. Yeah. So he can go walk down the road and go eat some beans with the other hobos. <laughs> um, but yeah, he runs downstairs and then gets yanked by the hair by a hand uh, through a doorway um, down into the basement. So Matt follows after him. He goes down to the basement uh, into the embalming room where he sees a vision of dead bodies <clears throat> on the surgical tables. Uh, the door to the embalming room slams shut behind him and then he turns around and all of the sheets have been torn off of these mm-hmm. dead bodies and they all look like mummified and they have all these chiseled markings all over them, this script, you know, in Latin and other languages. Um, and I the- think um, when he's grabbed, the figure that grabs him is vaguely, you can tell, it's it's the doctor mm-hmm. that yeah, pops up in the yeah. earlier scenes yeah, I think we and he's yelling doctor. at him saying, you're not leaving, you can't mm-hmm. leave. Um, so you definitely can tell that he's being held there. Against There's some will. sort of dynamic there mm-hmm. where he is being used mm-hmm. in these situations, um, which you can kind of tell from that whole seance scene a little bit. You can tell that they're like using him as some sort of conduit, mm-hmm. uh, and the doctor needs him there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they touch on as that again, and grab him and saying, like, no, you cannot leave. Mm-hmm. He needs him, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the basement, uh, in the embalming room, <clears throat> one of the, Matt is looking at all these dead bodies and suddenly, suddenly one of the legs of the dead bodies shakes and stuff. And it kind of like freaks us out for a second. Um, so Matt yells out for Wendy, <clears throat> uh, upstairs. Um, she hears him and, you know, goes and tries to run to the basement. Uh, and then Matt turns around again and suddenly all of the dead bodies are standing up around him in a circle. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's just really creepy. Kind of like they're closing in on him. Uh, so he, he, he attempts to shove one of them and then he bam snaps back to reality again uh it turns out he's shoved billy uh his little brother uh, I, I won't say it yeah you can say it if you want. No, it's okay. <laughs> uh, so 
after that, Matt calls Popescu, uh, the reverend. Uh, he's he's really freaking out, and he needs to figure out what to do about these crazy visions he's having. Uh, he thinks he's losing his mind. Something crazy is going on here. Um, so we cut to the outside of a, a church, I guess, where we assume that maybe Popescu is the, the reverend. Um, and this is kind of where we sort of get that conversation about uh, the uh, the relationship between people who are who are close to death uh, and the afterlife here. I think this is, like I said, this is a really cool way to set that up um, and sort of explain like why we're seeing ghosts in this movie and why Matt is seeing ghosts in his visions or or, or connecting with these people who are dead. Or who yeah, are back to him and the like the this movie has a very odd relationship with like Christianity mm-hmm. in a lot of ways um, because it's very overt. Like the mother is, I think, a cat is like kind of a recovering Catholic because <laughs> she's like it, it'll come in later, but she has a rosary and she's like praying, but not a specific Catholic prayer. Mm-hmm. And I, I try to put my finger on it, but I the, it's the like father religious, he's right? not yeah. a father Pope Askew, so uh-huh. I don't think that like, that his character is Catholic. Yeah, he's like a reverend, but he's reverend. So, yeah. But he's not. But it's like that kind of watered down Christianity that like he yeah. can be anything. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. Like I was thinking about that earlier too, because the idea also that um, so throughout you know the early parts of the movie, in the early scenes, um, you know, we see the you know the children saying their prayers, and the, the mother is constantly sort of like speaking to God directly. And like, yeah, they talking. do like family yeah. and dinner prayer. I like that, and I like that there is yeah there. You, you say it's you know they 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 are overtly like religious in some way, but it's interesting because. Their their religiosity isn't uh, compared to some other films I think where we have people like you said who are like explicitly like Catholic you know or they're like their fathers and their right their, their right well that's stuff. like kind of the so yeah. they we don't know if he's a Catholic mm-hmm. priest but you you get the feeling that like he's a he's a reverend he's a man of the faith and you're like right. I guess it, it, if they need they're gonna call him in for an exorcism right. you're like yeah. getting that idea that like yeah. oh frail old man like they're gonna call him in to do an exorcism yeah but what I like about this is that like you know and this will come into play later as we start sort of like showing once the reverend sort of jumps into action and really kind of like takes a you know he jumps he does jump does uh but it like it's not the 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 conflicts of the film aren't explicitly dependent on like the religiousness of it and stuff which i think is interesting like this doesn't go the lane of being a you know a fight against the devil of the god versus the devil it has a completely different plot that yeah yeah are related to religion religiousness because they involve people with that are dead but that's sort of like the end of it which i think is interesting but yeah but the, yeah and it's just it's interesting because this this mom's kind of like fractured relationship with faith mm-hmm. they don't go into it too there's like one or two scenes where they mm-hmm. go into it deep like a little bit mm-hmm. um and the family's kind of just like all american mm-hmm. i think that's like the one of the layers of their all Americanness mm-hmm. is they just like they pray around dinner, and, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't, we just don't, we never see them go to church. Mm-hmm. We never see them like interact with anybody else yeah. except for the mom who prays. Well, like the mom is the of, only one. A lot of families, you know, faced with like you're faced with a situation where your son is with is struck with potentially terminal cancer. It's not uncommon for a family to lean on that. Mm-hmm. Oh, know, for like sure. Like for the, the mother specifically to lean yeah. on that like that. Um, it's just one of those interesting things. The like the brand of Christianity <clears throat> is mm-hmm. always so vague, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and like it's it's funny. Like Baptists get all the crap, and Catholics get all the crap. But I'm like, what if this guy was just like Anglican? Yeah, yeah. or like Presbyterian. Like I'm Presbyterian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't believe in in exorcism, so yeah. he can't be Presbyterian. I think. Yeah, but, but he doesn't do an exorcism. But he, he but he leans into all the, yeah. the spooky stuff so fast. He does like, he does like they, folk magic. Yeah. Like, yeah, they needed to give yeah. him a reason to know the things that he knew. True. That's that's. Definitely part I was of at it. this yeah. situation in Paris. Yeah, this yeah, this is how we yeah, dealt with like, it. Yeah, I saw an exorcism in yeah, Paris. I think they just—that's what made me think he might be Catholic. They had to give him a reason. Yeah, 
to, to know, I, like, like, to know kind of these like, things. They, yeah. th- that was his background. That's yeah. the reason he knows how to deal with spirits somewhat. That's one of my favorite parts, and we'll get into that here. And he also actually, calls it, like, really it, like there's a about. scene where he calls something, like, deep magic, too. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know if, like, they would That's use... That's not a very biblical term. Yeah, yeah like... <laughs> I don't, know, yeah. I don't know any, like, pastor or anyone that would call something, like, that, that yeah, kind of stuff, like, magic. Paul 324. Yeah. yeah. Magic. Yeah. <laughs> the book of Paul. Yeah. I crank out my yeah. manual here. Um, so yeah. I guess he's Catholic. I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to stick in my head now. Right. Um, so, yeah, we're back in the basement, though, uh, after Matt has this conversation with Reverend and stuff, and he decides he's going to get fucking ripped. Uh, he's going to get some reps in. Oh, yeah. yeah. He does, he like, two sit-ups. Yeah. And I was like, well, man, like, I mean, I, I've... Kudos to you and in your condition, you know, trying to get. Some I exercise. love it, but it's kind of an unmotivated scene. <laughs> it's, un- it's like, unnecessary. What do we do now to scare people? Like, <laughs> yeah, let's have them do scary crunches. Setting up that. Yeah, and that's why I'm ground. never gonna do sit-ups again. Never, never. I don't do sit-ups. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't dream of it. No scissors, man. I do six inches. Of scissors. Yeah. Um, yeah, bicycle crunches. <laughs> like yeah. Um, They're just so like kicking something. their legs in the air. <laughs> Grabs your foot. Can't see it, but. Um, so as he's doing his sick, his, his reps, he's trying to get, you know. Wait, but it goes with me a great workout partner for the record. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be so scared. I'd always do time, always yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Like you're running away from it. Yeah. yeah. They're like, I don't know where it's going to come from. Like agility training, like mm. trying to oh, figure so out where the ghost like is. It's like haunting the planet fitness. Like, yeah. where, like some guy just had a heart attack on an elliptical and now he's stuck There's your there. second movie pitch <laughs> right there. We're two for two. Anybody who needs us, call us. <laughs> planet fitness. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'm going to spend the rest of this, the, my night trying to think of a pun. <laughs> there, there's hotness. one there. There's one there. Yeah, planet hotness. Planet haunted. Yeah, haunted fitness. We'll come back. We'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. uh, so suddenly as he's doing his crunches, the deformed, the deformed face appears next to him again. Uh, so he screams at him. He says, what do you want from me? Uh, and he, there's like this flash of a vision that he has of, you know, a fire of the, the, the melted face and in, in flames and everything. We cut away immediately. I think it's to your point, that thing earlier. You know, two more seconds and we would be trading into R-rated territory, maybe. Um, but uh, so upstairs, though, uh, Sarah gets home from work, I guess. Um, and she goes and greets Wendy and the other kids and everything. Um, and they're freaking out. They go into the living room. And in the living room or this large room of the house, um, Matt has piled up all of the chairs into one corner of the room. And behind them where he is hiding, we see that he's, he's clawed at the wall with his bare hands and fingernails. His fingers are all bloody. Um, and there's claw marks on the wall. And he's, he's shaking, staring at his hands. Um, and we don't know like what led to this or anything. So they immediately call an ambulance and uh, ship him off to the doctor's office because clearly he's having some kind of breakdown. And things are not going well um so we go to the doctor's office uh peter and sarah are having a conversation with the doctor who uh apparently still thinks matt is doing okay he's you know he says you know this could be some kind of a reaction to the medication but doesn't think it's literally to take him out of the one reaction yeah that he said would take him out of the trial yeah he's like well Let's 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 call us one of them. You know, I, I yeah. do this shit all the time. Yeah, this character Matt is like just when I thought I was out, <laughs> they they <laughs> pull me back in. Job. I clawed out. I clawed Seriously. my way out. <laughs> uh, so they exit the hospital after having this fruitless conversation with the doctor, um, and uh, we realize that Peter has sold his truck. Uh, I dun, guess dun, dun. <laughs> to pay the bills that they are um, they have been behind on and he's like really mean about it he's too he's yeah. an asshole about it. I sold my fucking truck I made she's a like decision. you sold your truck yeah she's like Sarah she like, cares that. about she's it like, yeah. you, sold, you love your truck yeah. you didn't tell me and he's like I'm telling, is, you I'm telling you now. I'm telling you now. As like, he hops in like his rusted out fucking yeah he bought this like town really car. Shit yeah. like, car. 
Definitely a downgrade from the the F one hundred. Yeah. They also Which, like buff the hell out of that car the first time you see it, so it's like bright and shiny. It is. Like it's not been on but, the road at all. But yeah. then has like rust. Yeah. 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 Um, so we go back home and uh, Matt's in the kitchen. He's having trouble eating. Uh, he's he's really suffering. Um, his mom tries to give him a hug, and this is kind of like honestly one of the biggest like tear triggers. Like I felt you know like I said, uh, mm-hmm. the way they build up the emotion of this film I think really pays off a couple of times, and I think this is one of them where she tries to give him a hug, but obviously he's got this really bit bad rash that's been developing around his neck and his shoulders and everything, the blistering from his uh, radiation, radiation treatment. Okay, so fact fact check mm-hmm. like that yeah. would he would he mm-hmm. would be feeling enough pain that like a light she like taps him on the shoulder mm-hmm. she goes in for a hug like yeah, it would be like a hard pass from it yeah i mean it be seems like no like, way it's it's possible okay for mm-hmm. sure i i don't deal with uh, oncology patients much sure. i don't really see it but especially in the 80s yeah, yeah. uh that radiation that must was pretty probably brutal. pretty fucked yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so he delivers another yeah, i've amazing... had i've had sunburn before yeah um so i know what it feels like <laughs> <laughs> i know uh, his pain matt delivers another <laughs> amazing matt line he says love hurts uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. which yeah, I was, was wondering I was like did Nazareth release the song when he said like, <laughs> is that why he said it is, what year did Nazareth release their yeah. single Love Hurts Love, love hurts. Comma Hurts my right. fiance tried to hug me when I had sunburn Love Hurts <laughs> Love Hurts <laughs> Um, immediately, but, but needle then immediately drop. we get this like, yeah, like I said, we get this moment between the two of them that, like I said, is, is a real tear jerker where he says, you know, mom, I just want you to know that if I die, or if you know, if I die, um, and she immediately stops and says, no, you won't. And she kind of like walks away and goes into the next room and he says, you know, it's not your fault. And I was like, man, that moment like kind of got me a little bit. They really mm-hmm. do, like I said, the the build up to of their relationship, yeah. and the establishment of it. I was like, oh, man, that's. The, the cancer stuff is like yeah. some of the best stuff in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the the way that they navigate their relationship mm-hmm. when, she, but one of them has come to terms with his own death, and the other mm-hmm. one is like, "I'm fighting for you." Mm-hmm. So it's it's that's yeah. like the narrative. That's the the center of the whole thing. I right. think. And I think the other thing is like yeah. So I mean, this is a horror movie, and like we deal with like all the cool like you know the horror elements of it and everything, but having it be elevated by like a really good like you know dram- dramatic story about this family's like dealing with this you know yeah with the the, the sickness of their their young son is is really yeah it's, it's, it's and you can kind of awesome. tell like there's some there's some analogous bits right about mm-hmm. like how he the way that he struggles with cancer like the two youngest kids in the in the family his son his brother and then the i guess his niece or his cousin his cousin yeah his cousin how they like don't know how to deal with them and mm-hmm. so we don't often see them together and when they yeah. do they're like uncomfortable mm-hmm. but he's trying to like recapture yeah. some of that magic they had they, they, they mentioned several times that they're like scared of him yeah his, only, his own family is scared of him because of what he's going through mm-hmm. right like, and they're scared of him because of the cancer treatments when like they should also be because he's the only one that we know right now mm-hmm. is experiencing this haunting is like they're, yeah. that's why there's so like but at this point all of them still think it's just the cancer right mm-hmm. and so that's where like this beautiful like mix of like is it the cancer for in their perspective it's mm-hmm. just it's all this cancer and he's like no we're being haunted <laughs> i'm seeing things i don't think he's accepted it yet like there's mm-hmm. he's still kind of like what the hell's going on yeah but there's this like long running whole bit just he's just like i i'm going nuts this is crazy everything's crazy and no one else mm-hmm. is seeing this and they're like oh it must be cancer so it's like a weird like gaslight mm-hmm. like the family's struggling and and all of it kind of bounces around like how do i cope with someone i love is dying mm-hmm. and so that's kind of like the human heart of it and that's where I, that's that's where the movie works best it does in this moment particularly yeah because immediately after you know we get that you know 
the, these really like heartfelt scenes, or we have a series of heartfelt scenes where, um, you know, we, we, we cut to uh, Sarah goes upstairs, she's crying, you know, into her blanket, you know, praying again. Oh, is having, this the scene? This is the, the temptation yeah, scene? The yeah, I, these the, scenes, yeah. I, they cracked, it was another one that was moment. just slightly too short. It cracked yeah. me up a little bit. Yeah, because, yeah, her. You can't take him. Yeah. You can't take him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was a real, I feel like we get a couple of, uh, I think, references or like homages to Candyman in this. And I think this is like definitely like her delivering those lines like in reference to her son. But then also those like paralleling her, you know, her her trying to like save, uh, you know, the young, the, the baby in uh, Candyman and everything. There's... So, so yeah. So explain like she, she freaks out because they're like, uh-huh. this is the like dark night of the soul or whatever mm-hmm. screenwriters call it. It's just like. They think they're they're screwed. He's the, the treatments like we're not sure he might die. Mom is like freaking out, holding a rosary, like mm-hmm. taking up the faith again, mm-hmm. like yelling at God as as they said in the beginning, like mm-hmm. you, you know yelling at the at, at the universe. Yeah, the creator yeah. Of the yeah. and then yeah. and then the his creator. this is where his dad. <laughs> yeah, has a dad rock. He handles it in his own way. He has oh, a dad rock okay. moment, and he goes. We cut to his dad. Who's, his dad uh, rock moment. Yeah, he he's uh he's he's been drinking and he's 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 uh having. He's trying to play guitar in his his man cave, I guess, drinking some vodka. In his sick ass home studio. fucking studio. Yeah, it looks badass. Yeah, we got buddy problems. Yeah, <laughs> but he's got like amps and fucking guitars all over the place. Sell some of that shit. Yeah, like, come on, yeah, right? man. Um, no, he, he sold the car. Yeah, he sold the car first, but he gets frustrated and then he, <laughs> he kicks his amp, slams his guitar on the ground, and then you know knocks over all of his records and his cassettes and everything. Um, Which like, real... I, so I want to point out too. This is like I'm on this running theory. Uh-huh. It's the same in like production. This is another place. Like they went ahead to go shoot this somewhere else. Right. And and I think in Virginia Madsons it's like two shots, maybe like a wide and a tight, which mm-hmm. you can do at the same time. So mm-hmm. technically, it's one take, like one mm-hmm. take multiple times, mm-hmm. where they just we're just gonna get this fast. Like we gotta get this fast and dirty. These lower budget horror films too, like anywhere in like the single digit millions, like mm-hmm. you're you're on the clock. You you mm-hmm. don't have time to waste. And so that's another example of like scenes where like they don't have time to yeah. like dele- they can like roll on Virginia Madsen for ten minutes, but they're only going to use twenty seconds. So right. they're like, we have like two hours to shoot this scene. Virginia, can you scream at God and cry? Yeah. And they do the same thing with the dad, where I think it's like two shots. Mm-hmm. And so you could you can you can intersplice the two so it feels longer because mm-hmm. you're going back and forth, but it's the same like it's just like thirty seconds of action mm-hmm. between the yeah. two of them. Yeah, and that's and presumably they only have one. Other. Yeah. yeah, but it, that's just like one of the reasons it feels so short, shortened. It's like mm-hmm. it's a it's a very short scene. I it's felt like so minute. bad because yeah. I kind of laughed. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this that is moment little... is kind of corny. It's not played for laughs, but it's it no, is it's not. Like, yeah. It's so heartfelt. It is, yeah. It's... But it and it's not the it's not direct. It doesn't feel like directly their fault. Or people who don't know how these things are made can't ever tell that it's not like an intentional choice. Sometimes yeah. it's just like a, a budget thing. It's like we don't have the budget to do this for a day. Angrily destroying you know a room in in your house or something is a very like yeah there's i don't know especially as like a moody it's almost like a moody teenager like i'm drinking smirnoff vodka and strumming a guitar yeah Uh, cassette tapes go flying yeah i think there were there were other options but but, i don't know i just want to like give them benefit of the doubt on this like i've been on shoots for like we got to do this whole scene in two seconds you're like well yeah all right it didn't. It didn't ruin the tone for me though. I, I was. I, yeah. was I was in there. I was in it. You're was, in and out. It happens so fast. You're like, okay, next. Right. Yeah. And they needed another chance to like touch on the alcoholism yeah. thing. Otherwise, it wouldn't have made sense. Well, it it does come back to we do need to time. see him drinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually that's story relevant. We need mm-hmm. to see that he fell off the wagon. Yeah. Because that 
plays comes up yeah. sh- very mm-hmm. shortly. Yeah. Um, so it's nighttime <laughs> again after that. Uh, Matt's in the basement with a very uh, moody-looking candle next to him. Uh, he's going the candle route now. Yeah, now he um, can't sleep without a light. Exactly. He yeah. can't sleep in that That's basement fair. without some kind of light. Um, and then so as he... the moodiest light. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> also one that's going to go out. Yeah, eventually. eventually. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's not a mood. But he's he stays asleep, and a shadow rises above him in the background. It, it's clearly like the shadow of, of some kind of spectral being that is, that is leaning down over over his shadow and over him um and then we, we cut away from it quickly but presumably you know something uh, scary happens it maybe maybe possesses him or something so they cut away again yeah right they just they cut away from it yeah. and you're like five more seconds and i'd be like terrified um so upstairs the kids are playing uh playing around and then matt suddenly appears in the doorway looking really creepy uh he's he's looking rough uh, he, we at at this point, I'm thinking like, okay, now we're leaning into like a possession movie. Now he's being yeah. So like this is related. They cut away. Stuff. We don't know what happens, mm-hmm. and the next scene plays better because mm-hmm. we're like, oh, is he possessed? Yeah, yeah. and that's a, that's a moment where it works. Yeah. It works really really well. Like, some fucking dead eyes. Yeah, pale as hell. Like, yeah, he looks. He looks bad. It looks like they were implying that he was possessed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Wendy picks up on this. She says, oh, we're going to play hide and seek now. Uh, mm. Guys, why don't you go play, go hide somewhere. Everybody we'll run away from Matt real yeah. quick. It's also, a game. I, I love that, like, well. the situation. I whatever. just love the intuition. Is like, let's play hide and seek in a house we don't know. Yeah, let's go we find some new Everything's old. Yeah. Like, I would just be worried about tetanus. Yes. Which, yeah. as we'll see, does yeah. not work out very 1987. well. 1987. Exactly, yeah. And then inevitably, of course, dumbass Billy goes and decides to hide. Straight to the fucking dumbwaiter dumb like, oh like i knew it was coming Which, so he gets in there right yeah. he climbs no up problem. in there and he's struggling to pull it closed behind him yeah. which like i don't know even me as a kid i'm pretty claustrophobic <laughs> i'm like if i can't get this closed i'm not getting it open right no, no way i would have been his, like this is, is a bad spot to and hide. then like his cousin is like let me in and he's like oh hello get your <laughs> own spot i'm like <laughs> what both of us why would yeah. you, if you were gonna be in a creepy dumbwaiter i wouldn't want to do it alone yeah like well, i'm like if i'm gonna be here for hours i'd like to have somebody but if you want, As we find out shortly he's not alone so but if you want to win hide and seek you don't let her yeah you have to play to yeah, win. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah um so mary instead of because Asshole Billy doesn't let her hide with him. She goes upstairs uh, looking for her own hiding spot. Into the lightless attic. Exactly. And there's mm-hmm. lots of creepy antiques out there. and uh, Which we don't get a lot of backstory on the antiques yeah, themselves. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like I said, I wonder if it's just there's like, like a dressmaker's stock like creepy house set up there. of yeah. just like stuff in the house or whatever. Some shitty landlord, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like left all this trash. Smart behind. squatter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shitty landlord, smart squatter. <laughs> They're <laughs> one in the same. Yeah. Wombo combo. Yeah. Um, so Mary, as a little girl, she's uh, trying to find her hiding place. She hears creaking in the attic floor. Um, we cut back to the dumb waiter where uh, Billy is hiding. We see a shadow uh, behind him. We hear like a sniffing kind of thing, as if it's like smelling him or hunting him or something. Um, he realizes he freaks out as he realizes that there's something in there with him. He tries starts trying to yell and scream and get out of the dumb waiter. Um, his dumb ass. His dumb ass. Close the thing right? behind him. Exactly. Can't back, get out. <laughs> uh, back up in the attic, uh, Mary uh, takes another step and her foot falls through the floor of the attic upstairs um, and she gets trapped. Um, Wendy, the uh, the older cousin, runs upstairs and helps to free Billy from the dumb waiter. He plumbles, he tumbles out, and she says, "You know what's wrong?" And he's you know trying to yell and like explain like what was happening. 
Um, Matt comes upstairs trying to help, and then everybody sprints up to the attic, and they help pull uh, Mary out of the attic floor. I really thought we were going to lose one of those two kids. Like, I was waiting for the shoe to drop. I was like, all right, one of them's got to go. Right? That dumb waiter to Mm. just plummet to the... Yeah, and and I was, like, kind of impressed. I was like, oh, what a great way. Like, one of these is a fake-out, and one of these is real. I'm like, that's that's pretty great. Like, the babysitter can't do both at the same time. Mm. It's the Batman moment. Yeah, or, like, what if Matt... Like, what if Matt watches it happen? Yeah. You know, like, how creepy could this be? Yeah. Um, but then I, I think that's when I tuned in. I was like, oh, no one dies. Is yeah. this a PG-13 movie? Like, yep. we don't see anyone. We don't see, like, any blood or anything. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, <laughs> wait a second. This is when you flipped. Yeah, you're like. Not that it was, like, uh, bad. We, I just, like, yeah. changed the way I thought about the yeah. whole movie. You can't kill the children. Yeah, yeah. like, that would be our. That, yeah, that would be our. That would be our. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They'd have to like politely <laughs> die of cancer in the background. Like the other oh, child yeah. is actively doing in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, so they manage to yank Mary out of the floor in the attic, uh, and um, they find that this rotten floor has something in it. So they reach down, Matt reaches down, bugs. and he pulls out a lots of bugs, lots of bugs. Oh yeah! Shout out to I think that's floor. those are like they look like live bugs. Yeah. Shout out to production design for just throwing maggots. Yeah. I guess like the actor was like, yeah, I can do that, no problem. Yeah, I have no problem. Like put worms and stuff. And also when they when they pull. It's Mary, right? Uh, I think Matt reaches down and pulls the box out, and then. But with the oh, the girl. The girl is Mary, right? Uh, uh, Wendy is the older girl. So Mary Mary's is the young, young one. Is the young yeah. one? Yeah. They pull her out, and they're like, "Oh, there's a bunch of bugs," mm-hmm. and just like kind of wipe them off. Yeah. I'm like, those are, and then that they, would be they cut to the bugs, and it's huge ass centipedes, and it's a tiny little girl you just pulled out of there with ah! centipedes all over her leg, and she's right. just like, "Oh, it's okay, just fucking." Well, it's, it's like shot right. like it's meant to be scary. Yeah. You're like, these are creepy bugs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so they pull out this box uh, and some papers, a stack of uh, what appear to be, you know, what end up being photos and stuff. Um, they, uh, Wendy opens the box and then shuts it immediately. Um, so then they go back downstairs and they start looking through all these photos of all the dead people. Um, I think this is where actually where we get that line where Wendy says, you know, this is really tragic. This is, I think this might be the only time these people were ever photographed mm-hmm. um, was when they died. Um, Matt pulls out a metal tin out of the box as well, cracks it open, and it's fucking dried up raisiny eyelids mm-hmm. uh, with lashes and everything. Which is great because yeah. you know what they are, and he like he picks has, one up. Yeah. They're like, "What is this?" He like almost he Just probably licked one at some point. Between his finger, yeah, it. yeah. He's like, "This must be old tobacco. <laughs> we must smoke this." Yeah, yeah I guess. They well, don't I texted Travis when I got to that part in the movie. Yeah, uh, and I was like, "Oh, those crispy little eyelids. Not a huge fan of that." They had. To make their and own chips back I, in the day. Yeah, I was like, it's like their little chicharrones. Chicharrones. We always go to Easy Slider yeah, down at Deep Ellum and get a crackle, which is a shot oh. of tequila with a chicharron and hot sauce. Oh, that sounds And nice. he was like, it'd be perfect for a crackle. Yeah, like, a little shot of embalming fluid. On That'd the be side. like a themed, <laughs> a themed cocktail. Yeah, but he he like recognizes it though because he's like staring at it and then like his eyes are just like oh. Mm. Shoot. Yeah, oh, I, just, I think he just doesn't want to admit that it's yeah. something really. Yeah. Weird. Well, it confirms what he has seen before, like a vision he's seen mm-hmm. might be related to what's happening, because all this stuff in his head is like, I don't know, I'm just seeing weird shit. Mm-hmm. And now there's like photos of people he kind like he can kind of recognize, and their eyelids, their crusty, musty, crusty crab eyelids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> crusty, crusty, tasty, delicious eyelids. Just... Um, so they pull out one photo, and it's a photo of the seance that. Um, 
Matt has been having visions of, and this is where we first get the introduction into ectoplasm, which will become very, very important shortly. I love the the, the importance that ectoplasm plays in ectoplasm pay, plays in this film. They go so in depth on so ect- that. They're like, what is ectoplasm? Yeah, it's it's I, hardcore. Yeah. Also, my favorite yeah. part. This is like me being a tiny child. Is when he's like explaining where ecto what happens. He's yeah. like, it's when like ghost particulate escapes through all these it's like all the human orifices including the lower half the lower one yeah and i was like who is pooping ectoplasm well yeah this sounds like a seth rogan bit well, and they learn this yeah i i love and hate wendy's shitty joke oh, at this point where she's like we have to learn about this oh the Matt's public like, library we have to learn about this and she's like there's actually buildings across the with the secret country. society that yeah, no one knows about that collect knowledge it's like, it's what are they library and then it cuts to them like the, looking through newsreels it's at the research library. time yeah the yeah. microfiche yeah, you know yeah. what though yeah. i That's i really like relate to that yeah. i really relate to that people don't think of libraries at all no. and it's yeah. like common horror movies to like oh we need research go to the library yeah. like yeah nobody else would have the county records yeah to look up that information or like yeah. the local newspapers like, and this is 80 87 87 mm, like yeah. they're not digitized yeah mm. Yes, but it is research time, so we gotta go pour through the microfiche. We have to have our little research montage, and you know, you know, we, gotta, we, we need to pump as much information to this point. You this know, is we're also at that point in the story where we gotta get. It's gotta turn quick. At this yeah. point, this is where like Amanda Crew really comes in because mm-hmm. she's kind of like sidestepped for the first half of the film, and then like now she's a babysitter. Now she's she mm-hmm. buys into what he tells her, and she's like, "Well, let's we gotta keep going." Mm-hmm. So then that's where she takes yeah. an active. We role. really accelerate. From yeah, here too. yeah, it picks up so fast. Yeah, because now we start really getting the backstory. Of about like what the house where it came from and everything we learned that um it was a mortuary home uh, owned by a man named dr aikman um and apparently what was happening is he was running a racket where he would have people come use his home his mortuary home as a place to go contact their dead loved ones and everything through the use of seances um so we, we this is where we get that all of the exposition about ectoplasm they go oh, yeah. hard into the ectoplasm they start talking about what ectoplasm because he has a photo from. of the mm-hmm. of the photos they found mm-hmm. like in this attic of all the dead people one is them doing a seance mm-hmm. with this like disgusting goo floating yeah. in the shooting air yeah. shooting out of a ch- out coming of out this of this kid's mouth mm-hmm. yeah and so they're like, what is that? It's like, well, it's ectoplasm. Right. What is ectoplasm? Of it's ectoplasm. It comes out of your butthole. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Apparently, and, one of the... and your front hole. Right. And your and eyes, technically. Yeah. Like, right. how many oh, holes? Ectoplasm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess the uh, one of the things about the photos that they use for this movie is they try to argue that like some of them were like authentic photos, which were like this is this comes from like uh, from the the book that it's based on and everything, but they, they were later proved to be cheesecloth and you know fakes and everything but uh more importantly what we learn uh, about like the ectoplasm and about its relationship to dr aikman is that uh, apparently they're the last seance that was performed at dr aikman's mortuary home um all four of the sitters for the seance and dr aikman died uh and then jonah who was sort of the focus of the seance uh, disappeared shortly afterwards yeah, jonah's like he's the medium mm-hmm. he's the one actually contacting the, the dead yeah. but yeah. aikman aikman is like using him mm-hmm. to do it and yeah, and then they're like talking about oh right. he has the he's the one with the psychic powers. That's like we start to see like I think that's the kid that he's like connecting yeah, with. Yeah, now we're now we're learning that that's who we're seeing. Yeah, like Jonah mm-hmm. from the past is kind of we're mm-hmm. we're getting something from him. Mm-hmm. 
And then we get this other sort of like important bit uh, where we learn that they built a highway uh, that got diverted through the city and stuff, and apparently went right through a cemetery. So in order to have that happen, isn't that Poltergeist? Yeah, no, yeah. What happens in Poltergeist? They build a fucking development on it. Yeah, houses. Yeah, yeah. But in this one, I guess they're building a fucking highway. So the idea was they they were going to relocate some of the bodies. Um, But when they dug up all the bodies that they were going to relocate, they found that the coffins were empty, Um, and so there was like thirty bodies that were missing. Sandbags, Mm -hmm. which there is a brief shot of that happening in one of the mm-hmm. like possession flashback scenes earlier on mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um so they found out there were there were lots and lots of bodies missing all right so it's time to, for reverend popsu popsu to jump on we're just gonna say it differently every time popo shijo yeah popesha reverend popescua his first name is in there too maybe we should just call him by his first name we should just call him by the act the actor elias playing. Elias. El- yeah elias is that what we say it? yeah elias. Elias. elias i would be so embarrassed please yeah. elias codius elias. tweet at me with the actual <laughs> pronunciation <laughs> at dg underscore yeah Pappas. right uh dg underscore papas uh p-a-p-p-a-s yeah right uh but yeah, so we get this really sweet uh, uh, exorcist homage here. Reverend Papasque is going to jump in. He's going to he's going to lay the shit on the ground. So he shows up um, to the house. Uh, they are showing him all the photos that they found of all the dead people and everything. Um, and like I said, this is still like I I was still on the fence for the Reverend at this moment. I didn't know whether they were going to show him all these photos. And he's like, all right, my plan's finally coming together here. Yeah, I felt the same way. And like, yeah. yeah, they also conveniently call him when it's just children in the house. I was going to say, I was come like, where the fuck is mom? Yeah, where come is your mother? Which, like, yeah. even on a practical level, I I could I don't blame the mom for like seeing like, like somebody some kind of man? collared man yeah, exactly. with my kids. I'd be yeah. like, I don't care if you're and like wearing, an exorcist or not. Wearing yeah. the type of hat that he had on? Yeah. Men that wear that hat? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't trust him. Or no. Yeah. Me too. Well, maybe I'm just natural. Probably suspicious. bakes like a really bad ZD yeah. for the <laughs> church barbecue picnic. Um, but Papaskew goes into depth uh, explaining all of this like folk magic ritual shit, which I thought was one of the funnest parts. He says it's for necromancy. That's what the eyelids are for. And uh, for the record, uh, uh, Elias Coteus is selling the hell out of it. Oh, yeah. Like anybody else in it would feel cheesy. It's yeah. He's actually killing it. I'm yeah. watching this like... I'm kind of invested. Yeah, like, this well, is guess, pretty sick. I guess people do do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Maybe cutting off the eyelids. I'm gonna start saving my eyelids. You know, yeah, just yeah. So, uh, so that the dead can never rest. It's like the opposite of yeah, us closing, closing exactly. our eyelids at the end. Um, so the reverend says that the the idea was essentially that uh, Doctor Aikman was was doing these rituals to enhance Jonah's powers, uh, so that they could, you know, more more apt, more adeptly mm-hmm. contact the dead. I guess through their seances and everything. Because he's tra- he's effectively trapping the spirit. <laughs> from these bodies in this realm which having them in this realm surrounding Jonah with all this spiritual power Mm -hmm. just makes him a much better medium Mm -hmm. um, and allows the grift to keep happening yeah for him to keep I, I love the sucking ne- money out of yeah people. the necromancy manual thing that comes out here i was like man this is cool let's get into this folk magic a little bit more he even floats the possibility like pretty willy-nilly he's like this is where i like i said where i was still kind of on the fence about papasque because he's like maybe the bodies are buried out here he volunteers mm-hmm. yeah. so much information exactly mm-hmm. yeah well i think that's why i was suspicious of him like right from that moment i'm like this guy knows a little too much to be a benevolent actor here um, but yeah, he still seems just a dude hanging cool. out at yeah. the chemo clinic. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. Does uh, he even really that, have cancer? Yeah. Did we ever verify? <laughs> he doesn't look. He's bald. He just like feels that really bad it? sometimes yeah. in the movie. I mean, like, like, I maybe also you're just old. Yeah. He I, keeps coming to the chemo <laughs> clinic. And like I have cancer. I feel like shit. It's like, sir, you're you're eighty. You just down. he's not <laughs> even a father. Yeah. He's just, just some guy. Another squatter. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, so we get a flashback. So they, they decide to pray. Um, they, they join hands uh, with uh, Father Papaskew there, Reverend Papaskew there, um, which triggers another one of uh, Matt's visions. He has a vision of the seance where um, everybody died, the, the, the very last seance performed in the house. And this is like um, one of the centerpiece scenes. I remember yeah. this in like, it's in all the trailers and stuff. Yeah, is this like, is where we get like the... This the, is crazy extreme visual effects and everything yeah. the actor that plays jonah does a really good job of really communicating with with the drool and the cross eyes yeah cross eyes and everything. yeah, yeah. Like, slamming he, the head on the mm, table yeah he spits out some ectoplasmic nonsense it like and, uh, it like bubbles out of yeah, his mouth yeah it's really gooey like flowy like cheesecloth you know gossamer it's like that shit thing. that you used to do in high school when you first started smoking weed Oh yeah, and I have like no a, idea what like you a, were talking about. I've never done that in my life. Like a French inhale type of thing. like you yeah. let it. You're in a very still room and you let it kind of bubble out in front of you and then yeah yeah. Jonah was, definitely vapes. Yeah, he's definitely yeah, a vape. Board. Ectoplasm is, is the original vape. vape, vape, vape. Ectoplasm yeah. is I, I have to say, I mean, that's what E stands for. Talk, talk a lot of trash, but actually. They they clearly I think that's part of it too is it looks like they really spent a lot of budget on on that scene because yeah. the, the the way that it yeah. like it comes out of his mouth from like a side angle perspective like he's tilted and it's it, it flows so well from his lips like it doesn't it doesn't feel fake mm-hmm. yeah and it's so it, you can tell it's the centerpiece scene yeah like mm-hmm. this is the thing they wanted us to see mm-hmm. that it's like that's another reason I'm like interesting like this yeah. is this is their like well, I think it was on the cover like the poster, yeah. on all the posters right? yeah, exactly. and everything is that shot yeah, yeah. which is yeah. which is smart as far as marketing goes because like mm-hmm. yeah it's a gruesome scene it's also kind of like the the biggest thing they did so yeah. like this is a good image to market and it's, it's not it doesn't like, give away the plot mm-hmm. just by looking at it but there's enough detail there that you can kind of like anybody who knows movies can kind of read into it. Yeah. yeah. So Without... and I had I wasn't sure because I only glanced at like the poster and the uh-huh. covers. Yeah. Like, in my research, it's weird. If and you then... just glimpse like a thumbnail, you're like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. And then throughout the movie, I got to thinking of it, and I'm like, is that was that supposed to be Matt in the in the picture? Because oh, I'm like, oh, Matt right. looks older than the kid yeah. on the cover yeah. of the movie. Yeah. And then yeah. you know it took. Yeah. 60 minutes to figure out but like that it all, wasn't Matt. all the yeah. marketing material is like that image of like ectoplasm spewing forth from yeah. this from this child we don't even see like much of his face mm-hmm. and so that's kind of like the, the 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 nail they hung their hat on was like mm-hmm. well, this is gonna have crazy ectoplasm stuff crazy ectoplasm. Get, yeah. we're gonna get real freaky with right. some yeah <laughs> without spending too much time on the design of it too like I, I i almost thought like one one way that i thought that they were gonna go with this because of just like the, the weird sort of like uh organic nature of the way it looks coming out of him i almost thought that it was going to take shape and then and become like a ghost or something mm-hmm. um, yeah like the newest uh hellboy that uh, david arbor's in um there's this one thing one character who has the power to like resurrect people briefly mm-hmm. and like what happened the way that they do it is basically this like the the ghost shoots out of their mouth in an ectoplasmic form and mm-hmm. it, like takes a human well, shape and, that yeah way. and in most other like most other films and and uh tv series where we access where ectoplasm is brought up yeah it's generally in like a sp- the form of a spirit mm-hmm. like they are they are created yeah. they are yeah. made out of yeah. ectoplasm that's what a ghost is mm-hmm. so when you see that coming out i at first thought i assumed like oh he's possessed and yeah we're, or we're releasing the spirit mm-hmm. that he's summoning or but something it, like that I, okay but, but it's actually super interesting now that we're talking about it because I, I i do think this is worth spending some time on so like this goes back to like the rating that that whole idea it's not blood so technically oh, it's not yeah. it's not that 
crazy. It's not yeah. just he's not spewing blood. Yeah. Just, yeah. And, and it's digitally animated, substance. so it's not like a practical effect. Like it's not overdone. <clears throat> but it is one of the few times. That's why it's so centerpiece to me. Is it's one of the few times they don't cut so quickly. Yeah. Mm. They like really sit with that image. They like I think the camera's slowly pulling back as this thing is like coming out of them. So we mm. get like a solid yeah. couple seconds. They which give is, it some time. Yeah, they really focus on it. And I, I wonder if that's like that was the that's what they could do. They're like, this will get past the sensor, past the that's ratings the one they curve. Needed, and they were like, we can, and get we, rid can of stuff, we can, we can, we can. Worst comes to, like we can argue our case is like it's not bloody, it's mm-hmm. not like mm-hmm. real body horror, and it doesn't take that much time. But like we need to do something, or else we've been cutting away from everything. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, it, it is pretty innocuous. It's not gory, and it's not right. Like, it, it it's, but it's, it's still gross, creepy. But it's yeah. like yeah. The grossest part of that scene is him drooling all over the fucking table. Like he yeah. creates, he yeah, creates yeah. a full on puddle of, of drool before ectoplasming all over the place. Danny Phantom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going ghost. <laughs> um, so sorry. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, so we, we, we get broken out of the vision because I guess Sarah gets home with very legitimate questions um, about who this man is in her house. <laughs> Uh, why does he have that hat? Why, why are you here? Why do you <laughs> I'm stuck that? on the hat. <laughs> I hate that hat. She fights him. Really She's not, like, get out of yeah. my house. But I was like, there was no reason for him to have that hat. Yeah, and it was at this point that I, I wrote my notes. I was, I said, you know, you can't just say you're a reverend and get away with things. And I was like, it's okay. I'm a reverend. Here's like, my that business card. My questions. He literally hands her a business card. I'm a, I'm a reverend oh, here. He's got a business card. I feel like he oh. should have opened with like, I, I met your son at a cancer ward. Like, like I'm like his cancer sponsor kind yeah. of. Which I, I not important but i was wondering because i'd heard that like children or teens that have cancer they try and like that if possible there's like someone who can do it they try and Mm -hmm. hook them up with like a mentor either someone who's already done it or who's going through it at the same time Mm -hmm. it's like a good adult some some hospitals have like specific staff members yeah usually like they're part of like the chaplain program it doesn't have to be yeah religious per se but that provide that kind of support yeah Um, so that's not that unheard of at all to have like a a person like that right um, i imagine like i don't know middle of nowhere connecticut that's unlikely i, mean, I think the that's fair that, that it's probably not they intended that they were the going to be but they, it, they but did move specifically to the city for the cancer program that they had mm-hmm. so so yeah, they, yeah. yeah. and maybe yeah. they maybe that's maybe that's part of the cancer yeah. treatment is just that they didn't he never says like i'm your yeah. sponsor mm-hmm. but there's something about that too is they share that in common he's an older version of matt like yeah. he is he's, he's got like an yeah. older like dystopic, I don't know, dystopic view of the world, yeah. or just kind of like generally sad. Yeah, and like he I said, can he I'm can a guide Matt. Not a good defense. Yeah, so it's like, why didn't he lead <laughs> with like? So, didn't work for the Catholic Church. Even more so you know? now than yeah. it was in eighty. Right. Yeah. Why didn't he just lead with like, I don't know, I'm the emotional yeah. support of your cancer-ridden son, and we have a lot in common, and yeah. I'm going to help guide him through this journey. Hi, mm-hmm. nice to meet you. Yeah. Um, What's also great about this scene is we get to have Virginia Madsen and uh, Elias Cotius on scene together, or on uh, yeah on film together in, in the same scene uh, this is our first time reuniting since um the prophecy in 1995 yeah see that movie yeah it's another i uh, bet that was probably the first time they met on set mm-hmm. if they when they when they shot this yeah if i have to think about it because they probably would have started with everyone that they could get mm-hmm. and try and shoot all the important stuff and then like single out different sections so like uh, yeah elias and and um the actor who plays matt i think evan would have shot like later on Mm -hmm. maybe or they would have had him at the very beginning but the Mm -hmm. first time that he and virginia probably worked together was Mm -hmm. uh, for this movie was probably like that day because it's a daytime shoot 
like all this stuff. I, mm. It's a very simple scene to shoot too, yeah. so I could see it being it's like. It's really cool. Yeah, if you've never seen the prophecy, definitely we, we might check that one out later because it's a really cool. Um, it has so that is one where it's another sort of like uh, apocalyptic. Uh, you know, the son of Satan coming, trying to come into, or angels trying to come take over the world. Very similar plot to like Constantine or like you know Dogma. Um, it also has uh, Viggo Mortensen as Satan in it. Uh, oh you know, my one, God! Yeah, yes, because it it came okay. up in this list recently that I was reading about of, okay. uh, talking about the best portrayals of satan on screen because my my favorite one will always be the one from constantine mm-hmm. um but uh yeah like Viggo mortensen shows up to, to play satan briefly in uh in the prophecy which yeah is where um the last film where elias Codius and virginia madsen um got it got together the prophecy so yeah. i i haven't seen the prophecy yeah. i haven't but you, then you said Vigo. yeah and like by the the end of this week i'll have watched it oh yeah just because he's uh, i think it's free it must be on, nice to have that time um, well yeah, Tubi, if I don't get maybe? called in, we'll yeah, see. we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, yeah. Peter Stormare in Constantine plays, I think, the best version of Satan um, yeah. I've ever seen. But yeah, Viggo Mortensen up there with people will argue that Viggo Mortensen's performance in, in the prophecy is, I don't know, neck and neck there. He mm. does a really, really good Satan, and it's it's I'm cool to it. see 1995 Viggo like mm. doing his thing. What a time to be alive. Yeah, right. Um, so after that, we it's uh, nighttime at the house again. Um, we're in Wendy's room, Wendy's room where she's uh, sleeping. Um, she's in the bird room, which I guess was formerly the room of Jonah. Um, suddenly, like we hear this flapping, and this dumbass bird flies through her window um, and gets trapped under her bed. Uh, so she gets out of bed, and there's this flapping, fluttering thing under the sheet uh, as her bed. So she goes to lean down to like lift up the bed sheet, and then suddenly a foot—it's um, the foot of the deformed uh, corpse ghost uh, thing. It appears um, in her room and then quickly disappears again uh, once she turns on a lamp. Um, so we cut to the uh, to Sarah's bedroom where she's in bed alone. I guess Peter is at a hotel or he's working or something. Um, she wakes up. We hear footsteps, and it turns out, oh, uh, maybe Peter got home or something. Um, she uh, looks to the foot of her bed. Uh, cause she's trying to figure out, you know, she calls for Matt and calls for Peter both. Uh, she turns on the light suddenly, and then it's one of the fucked up corpses. is like right next to her again. We get another jump scare. Um, so we get these, start getting these like back-to-back scares. Yeah, but really, at this like, point, other up. people are starting to mm-hmm. interact yeah. with ghostly things. And I things. think that's why they're doing this in succession, mm-hmm. like this back-to-back-to-back. They're like, okay, now everybody's involved. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. And then even worse, uh, Peter actually finally does show up. I guess he comes back. He had a really good night out. Uh, Here we go. He's been drinking. He drank a bunch of rolling. <laughs> Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, keep your hands inside the ride <laughs> at all times. Uh, so Peter goes in and throws a full-on dad fit, uh, like a weird abusive like thing going on. All the lights because are, the lights were on. All the because lights his family is terrified yeah. of the demons. <laughs> I know. They just woke up and turned on. The lights were off before, but they yeah. were just all woken up by demons. Where I guess you know no that they're also i i want to say i think right after uh father popescu like explains everything was when my fiance started watching so like (laughs) after everything was explained she was like i'll watch this with you and watch watch this dad just like burst in and start like tearing things apart and it's kind of scary like this the family yeah the family holds up she like gets the whole family in a room and like locks the door well you can tell that on the thriller thing that she has done this yeah yeah she knows she goes oh shit here comes drunk peter again yeah Yeah. anybody like we've done this before yeah here's our go plan like Anybody who has experience with this can recognize, yeah, those 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 triggers and the the, the reactions <clears throat> of uh, mm-hmm. a family who has experience with a, uh, which is interesting because like, like they freak out 
uh, and then the, the scene continues, and he like I guess goes out. They go outside or something because so she goes out before, to see him outside. Yeah, not before he goes through the house and and unscrews all of the light bulbs in oh, the house, yeah. try burning himself like an idiot on one of them, and mm-hmm. he goes and bursts them all in the fucking sink for some reason. In the mortuary in the He's basement, drunk. I think. Yeah, He's no, drunk. I think it's just yeah. in the kitchen. I oh. think he just goes in the fucking kitchen. And like, well, I yeah. guess it looked dark because he took all the he fucking light the bulbs out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yes, yeah, then Sarah goes outside to go yell at him. Uh, he starts, immediately turns mopey and starts to, you know... I do kind of like that. I felt, yeah. I don't I don't have personal relationship with, mm-hmm. like, abusive relationships, but mm-hmm. from what I've heard from other people is, like, the way it turns on a dime is mm-hmm. part of the abuse. Is like, yeah, absolutely. don't like love bombing right after yeah. just going mm-hmm. nuts you're mm-hmm. just like oh i'm the worst please forgive me and they're like i like the way she knew she was like don't come back yeah like, don't other, do that again other than like i said before i think that uh they did ramp up to this you know kind of foreshadowing his drinking and everything it still did kind of catch me off guard uh you know for his character because like otherwise his character's been you know like, grumpy but not like abusive and yeah. the rest of it but i guess he has a been very drunk, typical so. dad character yeah um but yeah, so he, but he does run out of dime. He kind of starts to get a little self-pity and stuff. But then she says, yeah, exactly. Uh, if you come back here drunk, don't come back here again or, or you know, uh, or don't come home. Um, so we, he, I guess he leaves or goes and stays at a hotel or something because we go back inside and everyone's back in their rooms asleep. Um, then suddenly we start getting this like radio static noise coming from somewhere in the house. All the, all the elect- electrical devices and everything um, start fritzing out. We get these like elect- you know, like lightning bolts and arcs coming from all of the, uh, the bulbless appliances and, and everything. Yeah. Um, the shitty old school wiring is, is acting up again. Um, so- oh, wait, but that was okay. I have to add mm-hmm. that was actually one of my favorite it was practical effect yeah. sequences mm-hmm. is the way that they had like, like, I guess because the light bulbs were gone, it was like uh, electricity was arcing throughout. Yeah. And the way they, they did this again where they actually like showed us and yeah. like spent some time with the effect. Mm. And the camera like zoomed, like dollies in as the family or some of them are like freaking out like what the hell is going on. They did a really good They're job of it, yeah. it was genuinely, it was one of the scariest, like creepiest parts of the mm-hmm. whole movie for me personally. I watched it and I was just like, yeah, that, that would terrify me. It's a nice mm-hmm. variation because up until this point we've only had, we've had ghosts and We've had like jump we scares. Had, yeah, we've had like specters appearing. In the yeah, background. this is super kind of ominous, cool, like, yeah. like unexpected. Mm-hmm. Electricity is like arcing everywhere. Mm-hmm. That was, sorry, that was just like, mm-hmm. I watched that scene and I was like, I'm going to remember this scene. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so yeah, like you said, everybody climbs into the same bed, um, and then we, uh, I guess Sarah gives a call to, uh, Father Papaskew, Reverend Papaskew. Who now that Papa, she has seen Papa the spooky Pas- shit, mm-hmm. he's allowed in the house. Exactly, now. right? Yeah. She said, I didn't know who else to call. Uh, Which is kind of an exorcist moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we get this great uh, thing of him walking up to the house with his hat on. Yeah, it is, yeah. It is exactly. Like, I, when you that said nice... that, I was like, I think he has like the same kind of mm-hmm. wardrobe. It's the same outfit mm-hmm. and everything, same That's, shot, basically. That makes sense yeah, now. It's, it's really cool. Oh. Um, and, uh, yeah, she says, but before he comes over, she's on the phone with him. She asks him, you know, because of his condition, she says, are you sure you're, you're, you're in the right condition? You know, I don't, you know, I want you want to trouble you or anything. And he says, this I'm exactly the right state of being to traffic with ghosts. Yeah. And like, I'm like, fuck yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so he shows up and, uh, he has like his toolbox of ghost fighting tools and stuff. Um, he's got his uh, his iron his magnet cross thing that he uses, which is apparently iron defends against evil. So he starts. I think he's, he starts making up shit on the fly. Um, so he's That's got his why like, prison bars are made of. Iron. They play yeah. a little fast and loose with the lore. I think uh, when yeah. it comes to the the father, purely from like, because we we've seen so many times when it comes to supernatural, specifically ghosts and spirits, 
um, accessing that electromagnetic like realm mm-hmm. like they did with the lights right there's right. like literally electricity sparking around he brings these iron magnets and i was like okay it's magnets it senses yeah uh, discrepancies in a magnetic field and he's just like no iron good goes bad mm-hmm. that's why i have it and i was but like then oh, he proceeds okay. to essentially use them like a metal detector he goes yeah, around the and house and like, he says he's looking for where they are mm-hmm. uh, he says i'm looking for where they're trapped and stuff and he begins scanning the walls and everything to try to find i guess the source of the uh, the evil or the or the the phantom energy Cue me like in the Jesse Pigman screaming like yeah bitch yes <laughs> magnets <laughs> magnets <laughs> how do they work <laughs> um, so he's looking yeah for where Aikman died he says that the house is it has a trapped soul a house with a trapped soul is not so much haunted as it is possessed um, which I think is cool like I, like I said I like the variation on the uh, the haunting and possession themes that this movie poses right the mm-hmm. idea that you know there this movie doesn't really deal in demons and it deals with ghosts but like mm-hmm. in a very like strange way where it's like you know they're they they were cursed to be you know basically bound to this house uh through the the machinations of this evil doctor and stuff um father popescu like we said elias podius's performance in this is fucking amazing like he, he sells he that's sells. i feel like they give him all the hard shit because yeah. he's like i could do this yeah because he we know that this guy has cancer as well and that he's he's suffering but he's also trying to help his family but the way he like leans around the doorways and like he looks very he frail. is not well like yeah. the character itself is like very frail yeah there's one shot in particular where it's like just as he's sort of like having a revelation or discovering like where he needs to go he's like leaning against a door frame and it's a really close-up shot of him with you know Virginia Madsen out of out of focus in the background and then you know it obviously it like focuses to her after he like walks away and stuff it's just like it was really cool like it conveys so well how he's like suffering so much but he's like trying to do his best to like help out this family and everything um so uh Popsky goes downstairs where Matt is having some problems um he's down there and there we can kind of see like there's a silhouette in the embalming room uh behind him uh, so Papa Skew decides to pop on in there. He's he's uh, he's here on a mission. Um, the chains in the uh, embalming room and everything start rattling and stuff. We start getting like severe poltergeist activity. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, this is where the dumbwaiter leads to. I don't know if we showed that earlier in the film, but we see this is where like the bottom there were of the actual chains is. rattling. Yeah, actual chains rattling. And like everything. the ghost of Marley was not <laughs> involved in the production. We didn't get any of that copyright exactly. at all. Uh, so we uh, the uh, the dumbwaiter starts chomping uh, at him. The doors do. Um, Popescu says he has to go get his remains out of the house. So presumably he knows that there's there's a dead body here somewhere, and he has to get it get it away from here. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the doors in the house start slamming and shutting and stuff. Everything's like moving around and rocking. Um, the, the reverend goes down. He finds I guess like a metal grate on the other side of the wall from where he was sensing the the phantom energy. He rips this metal grate off and like digs in there, mm-hmm. and uh, he finds like this bag which contains which presumably is like a skull fragment or something. Yeah, I think um, he realized. Um, from inside of the embalming room that that was the I want to say he noticed that that was the furnace mm-hmm. like the, the cremation furnace mm-hmm. um, but he couldn't access it right he mm-hmm. couldn't get it open yeah, so he then he tells the yeah he tells her I have to get on the other right. side of wherever yeah. that is and that's why he goes outside mm-hmm. to and like while some cellar or something around the back while side all this is happening too um, <clears throat> the, go- the, the ghosts are they're haunting or they're like grasping at um 
Matt, I think. Mm. Yes, yeah. Like they're they're, they're simultaneous events. Mm-hmm. So it's like this like race is like will mm-hmm. the past will the will the father discover the bones before it's too late? Yeah. Kind of thing. In this moment, it's so it's where so Sarah is trying to comfort Matt, and we see like the the specter of the of the one burnt ghost. We see it in the background. Yeah. And it's steadily the lights are flickering off and on. That's and it's what it steadily is. Steadily yeah. approaching the two of them. Um, as he's going and trying to find everything. And just as it leans down uh, over Matt's face, uh, Father Popescu finds the bag, pulls it out, and kind of like goes away with it. Yeah, he says, like, you got to get the bones out of the house. Exactly. Like, get them off the, the property, the and house. that'll that'll help solve the problem, I guess. Right. Yeah, he throws um, them all into a little cloth. And like cheese cloth? Yeah. So he manages to get outside with the person dust uh, and everything in the just house. Just barely. Yeah, right. As he's yeah. like... His cancer-riddled body yeah. just happens is, to flare up. Is yeah. pulling it itself up the but last El- few steps. Elias Cotis is selling the hell out of this. Exactly. Like yeah. you really believe he's struggling. You're like, yeah, I'm in it. I'm yeah. in this scene. I'm yeah. all the way. And it's definitely like a race because yeah. you're cutting back and forth yeah. between him working his way out of that basement, mm-hmm. and then it feels all, like yeah. a dramatic climax because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this might be it. Someone this is might kind of die. Our fake out climax. Yeah, yeah. we'll find. Uh, yeah. Um, with all the, we, I forgot about to mention the ghost birds too. There's lots of ghost birds mm-hmm. flying They're around. Like, the oh, house. all yeah. the kids kind of like get haunted in each of their rooms, yeah. right? Yeah. Or all the rooms get haunted. Yeah, all the rooms, the doors are. Like Everything's slamming. freaking out. The whole um, place is going nuts. But once, uh, once uh, Papa Ski makes it outside with the dust, uh, everything kind of calms down. Everything chills out. Uh, so we cut to outside, and uh, the Reverend is loading up his car. He's getting all his tool bag, you know, everything in there. Um, and he's along talking with the to, remains. yeah, along with the remains and everything. And he's talking to, uh, Sarah and, uh, he says, you know, there may be some aftershocks, you know, everything should be fine now, but you may see some strange things, but this movie is just about, about like gaslighting. Yeah. Like the dad gaslights so, yeah. the mom, the doctor, ga- <laughs> like they gaslight the doctor, yeah. the doctor gaslights them yeah. lying. I guess the movie's about lying or like yeah. not knowing what happens. The father is like, Oh yeah, it's just be a little weird for a while, but yeah. that's fine. Um, and then at this moment, too, like intercut with uh, Sarah's conversation with the Reverend, uh, we cut back to the basement where Matt looks out the window, his basement window, and he sees the burnt boy, the burnt ghost looking at him. Just like, Hi, how you doing? Like looking very like, yeah, kind of like forlorn and stuff, but he's on the outside of the house now. Um, and so it's clear that removing the remains has taken that spirit away from the house, essentially. Um so so we think we're in the clear we think everything's okay now the reverend gets ready to take off uh, sarah asks him if he's okay to drive and he delivers what will now be my response anytime asks me if i'm okay to drive when i'm drunk now which is we're all in god's hands now <laughs> like, it's a uh, like all right um but i guess he's uh yeah he's, he's good and he's uh, he's gonna go go do something else now so we're in god's hands we're, now we're all in god's hands um <laughs> Uh, so we, we go to, uh, so to Peter, uh, who is picking up his, uh, man cave where he threw his fit earlier. Um, he puts on a cassette tape and this is where we get that, that, uh, you know, it's a recording of, uh, of Matt when he was a little kid, I guess at camp and he's, you know, talking to his dad, mm-hmm. delivering this like really sweet, you know, dialogue and stuff, um, about, you know, can he, can't wait to see his dad again. So this is sort of like our reconciliation of the, you know, the dad coming back around and, and having his, snapping uh, him out of his, uh, yeah, his, uh, Getting him back on the wagon, mm-hmm. I guess. He realized light bulbs were good. Light bulbs were a good thing. Yeah. Nothing yeah. nothing to be afraid of. We there. invented them for a reason. Exactly. Arguably the best idea. Like, it's the symbol for an idea. Um, so, back at the house, Sarah says that everything's okay now. 
Uh, but then suddenly, uh, in the basement, Matt wakes up to realize his skin is covered in all of the same markings that he's been seeing. Okay, that is cool. Yeah. That was yeah. nuts. He's, yeah. like, screaming. Yeah. And the I mom goes down. See we see her react. Mm-hmm. We cut back, and it is him laying in a bed with, like, the, the bloody inscription that we'd seen carved on yeah. the, the cadavers before. Yeah. But he is, like, skin. alive. He's, yeah. he's a yeah. normal human. Like, it's, like freaky he's just responding the way you would if you woke up and you recovered yeah in, in yeah yeah and there there's like a necromancy on a living person yeah it's you're not so dead wild. yet but you yeah. might be soon so yeah. let me just that's yeah this probably is like the bloodiest one of the bloodiest scenes that we get in the whole movie yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. she asks him what did you do to yourself uh you know and it, gaslighting. yeah exactly <laughs> another it's another example this movie's about gaslighting like, y'all just went through this terrifying yeah. like haunting possession like, haunted house experience clearly together, too literally yeah. like minutes ago yeah exactly and then she's like why did you do this to yourself yeah uh so they call an ambulance immediately it comes it comes to pick up matt uh we cut to pop reverend Popescu, who is uh driving away um and this is like honestly one of the scariest things that i see in movies where he's driving he looks in his rearview mirror and the fucking ghost shows up yeah. in his rearview mirror that has been i've had that fear like i've had nightmares about that mm-hmm. shit so many times like i don't know if if i saw this movie like way back in the day and it like it just like stuck in my head but that that's like yeah. one of the more terrifying moments of the movie for me yeah. and i think at that point is when i realized specifically that they keep showing the same chard right person that it's the single like it's a spirit um, that's the same yeah that's yeah. been uh trying to contact them and like so, it, it's the same mm-hmm. actor the same makeup same face mm-hmm. um, great makeup by the way yeah that's like because for the, a while i just thought impressive it was several different right like demons they all or ghosts that in the way. house yeah mm-hmm. Um, but essentially what starts happening is uh, Reverend Popescu starts to have a vision of um, the final events of the following the final seance um, in that house. Uh, so, but before that continues, we come back to the hospital uh, where in a hospital room, Matt is situated next to another crazy patient. There's a guy who's like sitting up on his bed, muttering to himself. Which never really pays off either. Yeah, it's kind of, they, they just have him, uh, you know, he, he doesn't really do much after that. Yeah. He's just kind of there for, for he, He's like repeating Latin, mm-hmm. or he's repeating the poem when they when they come back. When they but we'll later. get there. Yeah, so um, in that moment, uh, I guess it's, you know, we're in like some kind of like psych ward situation where he's yeah. been taken to a place for, Which you know, is not... It's a terrible one. Yeah. <laughs> From a medical perspective. You don't want like, to be there. Well, A, you have that dude locked into the same room with another psych patient. Who's and then clearly as, having like some kind of episode. Yeah. And yeah. then as they're like panning around the room, purely from like my training. Please. I'm like, take like you could hang yourself with that. You could kill the other dude with that. Uh, there's a whole tray of food there with yeah. like silverware on it. Yeah. You're dead. Yeah. Everyone's dead. You're dead. Um, like, You're I'm dead. like, this is not a good place to put somebody that they're implying just carved things into their body. Seriously. You yeah. just gave them a bunch of yeah. shit. To yeah, it does imply with. he has like, he'll hurt someone or himself. So let's put him in a room with another crazy dude yeah. and things that you can hurt people. Yeah. With. Not as realistic as Deborah Logan, where they chained her to the bed. Uh, True. Yeah, more, more, more authentic. So uh, ideally, we don't do that either. But. Yeah, right. Um, so he says. <laughs> this uh, aforementioned that's medical professional part of the day. <laughs> um, so Matt starts to have a vision. Uh, the ghost, uh, the ghost specter appears. Uh, so Matt gets out of his bed and he confronts it, and they start having a staring contest. Um, Jonah gets. Uh, so they start having a staring contest, and then Matt sort of like begins to have the vision that I guess. 
the Jonah ghost is trying to convey to him. Um, what we see is that uh, essentially after the final seance uh, with his dying words, Dr. Aikman says, they're going to be after you now. You have to get out. Um, I'm not sure we touched on what killed everybody in the mm -hmm. seance because um, that scene when they show it, I thought was super cool. So they're yeah. doing the seance. The right. ectoplasm comes out, right? Zoom in on the ectoplasm. And basically you're seeing the scene of what I'm assuming is the death of whoever they're trying to communicate with, mm -hmm. right? And it's a fire. Mm -hmm. and it's like a child dying in a fire. You're assuming the people that paid the doctor are trying it's to... It's like in the form of mm -hmm. the ectoplasm? Yeah. I miss that. I right? think this like happens... it's in yes. it. And yeah. then yeah. basically like something goes wrong mm -hmm. and the fire from the from the ectoplasm from communicating with that spirit is then what chars everybody mm -hmm. in the room. And, and they're like, they're yeah. It just they're fucking done. kills them all. immediately yeah. dead. And uh, except for the doctor who has enough energy to squeeze out one line, he says, they're going to be after you now. Yeah. You have to get out. So in this vision, we follow Jonah who who runs through the house trying to escape. Mm -hmm. But he, becomes... he just, he killed yeah. the necromancer mm -hmm. controlling all the bodies. So exactly. now they're... They're now free they're free essentially to, yeah, yeah. Um, but he gets trapped in the house the house starts to melt and form uh, he, he basically goes into the dumbwaiter goes down he gets shoved somehow into the, the furnace essentially um, and then is burned alive in mm -hmm. the, the that was gruesome yeah. that was that might be like the most that because that scene. those two scenes are the only actual blood mm -hmm. like death like real death scenes yeah mm -hmm. and that's what that's what and I'm like that's what ties Jonah to the crispy man mm -hmm. the crispy you know, man we, now we definitely know he is the crispy man the crispy exactly. critter yeah <laughs> yeah and then in that hospital room where matt is conversing with crispy man or not conversing but, but it's all it's all in the with, eyes yeah. they're sharing the vision very um very heartfelt look between them there yeah, when, there's a lot of emotive when like, they realize yeah. like what's going on when matt mm -hmm. realizes who he right. is mm -hmm. um and you can see the pain in like in jonah's crispy face exactly um you keep saying crispy and crispy man, and I just want you to say rice crispy rice, man. Rice crispy <laughs> man. Rice man. Like let's so, make this yeah. movie, but with like <laughs> a rice crispy dude. Slightly rice crispy man. Just like overdone. I would eat myself, no question. Yeah. Just Chicharrones. Um. Yeah. Uh, but so what we realize is that so Papasquew, uh in his car that has been run off the road after he saw the crazy crispy man, rice crispy man in his back seat, uh, he's realized what's happened. So he realizes, oh shit, we got to go back to the house. So he what? Are the, wait, what did they say? They whip a. They whip a shitty. Whip a shitty. shitty. Yeah, right. I was gonna say whip a bitch, bitch. or something. Yeah. I was like, that's not right. It's a completely different that's activity. Horrible. I don't do that. Uh, he whips a shitty. Yeah, that's something you don't do in a car. Um, but you yeah. do it on a toilet. Yeah. Uh, so um, yes, he he gets out of his car and he spreads the 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 ashes of Jonah. Now that he's communicated the information about his vision, he he said he's been set free. He goes and evaporates up into the air. Um, Back at the house, uh, the scary, evil, magical eight ball eyes thing says the eye sees all. Um, which, like, again, I, th I think, I don't know why it seemed like this would pay off more, but it, it just kind of like, I, you know, it's just some extra stuff on top of the, the scary events that are happening here. Um, Wendy, who is watching the kids, uh, you know, trying to put them to bed and everything, tries to bite into an apple, um, which she pulls away and spits out be immediately because it's, it's, rotten and it's like full of maggots and everything she goes downstairs uh and finds that all of the food in the house is rotten everything she opens the fridge and everything is is gone bad um in immediately like instantly uh, as if by magic um so 
she gets rid of all the food, takes everything out. Like you can see the the drippings coming out of the trash. Also, bag one of my least favorite moments. Yeah. I hate yeah. drippy trash. Yeah, and there's there's something really Ugh. triggering about that. I, I've worked in a restaurant. Drippy trash oh, is yeah. the worst. Yeah, we all we all have service industry experience, and there's nothing worse Ugh. than than. I think the worst thing is like not realizing you have a drippy trash. You make it all the way out to a dumpster, toss it out, and then you look behind you and see the long trail of, of drippy, of just oily slime. scum. Yeah, leading yeah. back to the kitchen. Or if you find or like a drip from. got on your foot and you're just like, I don't. <laughs> it's three a.m. I don't want to do this. The dumpster's yeah. like a little too full, so you can't put it in the side door. So when you go to lift it up over the top, then <laughs> oh, the <drippage>. slash. <laughs> oh, you get a slash. Uh, <laughs> trash juice. Uh, uh, um, so, my actual nightmare. I'd watch that movie. Exactly. So that being the case, uh, when Wendy decides to go take a shower. Nice. Um, uh, so while Wendy is in the shower, uh, Reverend Popescu tries to call from a payphone because it's 1987. Um, he tries to call the house saying, hey, I made a mistake. Uh, Dr. Aikman didn't remove the eyelids of the ghosts uh, to prevent the ghosts from seeing, um, but to make them unseen. Um, so you need to get out of the house right now. It's, you know, it's, it's importantly evil. Um, Jonah wasn't evil. He was trying to fee- free the souls. But um, since we removed Jonah... Uh, all that's left now is the rage of the souls that are trapped there. Um, so we cut back to Wendy's shower, and then she gets almost murdered by the shower curtain. Um, Which was honestly kind of cool. <laughs> it was. It was that's, a cool that shot was cool. Yeah, yeah. she yeah. becomes like, yeah, we get we get the choking hazard shower curtain where it like vacuum seals her, mm-hmm. um, and she almost gets suffocated by this uh, this shower curtain. It seems like a really easy thing to do. It was like you know as far as like you know practical effects and everything go but it was sufficiently scary that like i was worried it's one of those things that like it seems easy to do and on like smaller budget films Mm -hmm. they just kind of like launch into it but like choking hazards and stuff like that are like extreme caution like everybody on set they like they warn them the talent has to like give their consent there's a whole bunch of stuff i I don't know if they did it as much then Mm because it seems like a pretty like quick run and gun type shoot but like the ad the assistant director who's on set kind of like bossing people around would have like told everyone mm-hmm. they would have had like code words like if you start to think that this is like you're actually choking say like do these things we'll mm-hmm. pull you out or like all that stuff mm-hmm. so there's like way more prep that goes into it yeah but uh lots of actors just they're just like super game they're like yeah i can like uh, struggle and yeah, yeah i can flail in a shower curtain i can just yeah. get waterboarded for a little bit yeah put, put a pad yeah. next to me like which like sometimes you're like on the yeah. side you're on the sidelines like uh, maybe don't do that. <laughs> I don't want to pull That's you so out of a shower serious. curtain. They don't pay me enough, near enough for that. Yeah. Um, and it's not shot sexy. Like yeah. it's it's not like ooh sexy. Yeah, it's not she's titillating. naked in the shower. Yeah, exactly. It's they literally just yeah. like she's showering. Yeah, which is yeah. I think that's I, that's good. I think I, 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 it, it just would have distracted. It would been it would have been a weird tone shift for this movie. Super. Like, yeah. Um, also, I think she's like sixteen. I don't. know. How old is? Uh, Amanda Cruz character in this movie. I don't know how old the character she babysits. Is. Yeah, the she doesn't have a job, but she doesn't go to school. Yeah, they don't show her ever leaving. They never really. say why yeah. she's there either. So I'm I twenty. There's a lot that's not quite explained, explained with, the, with right. the rest of the family. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we go back to the hospital and um, Peter and Sarah, mom and dad, are having a talk with the doctor again. And essentially, the doctor is telling them that uh, Matt's condition is is worse than it has been ever before. Um, they say his white blood cell count has plummeted and they honestly don't know how he's alive. And when asked how much time he has left, they say he could die tonight. Um, which is super interesting. It's like the ghost of Jonah left was like protecting him from his own cancer. mm -hmm. That's how I kind of saw it. It's like the ghost was kind of keeping him alive. Something is keeping him alive. Yeah. 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 They basically say like with what his labs say, 
I don't know how he's he is dead. alive. Which yeah. they before they had kind of teed up like he was doing okay. Mm-hmm. Like all the doctor, the shitty doctor appointments where they yeah. like lie yeah. to him. The doctor's still like they're it's not, not like bad. he's not dead dead yet. Yeah, yeah. like nothing has really changed. Yeah, but that the when Jonah's gone, it's like then he gets the scars mm-hmm. and then he, they're like, oh, your cancer's bad. It's like and that's the same thing about cancer too. Is like it can just go south. Mm-hmm. I think like that's what mm-hmm. I've heard. It's just mm-hmm. like some days they're like you just have like one shitty night and it's like the count is horrible mm-hmm. we don't know what's going to happen next mm-hmm. it's unpredictable it's terrifying yeah but that being the case they are freaking out so they, they go into uh matt's room to find that he's disappeared um the window has been busted open so presumably matt has jumped out it and sprinted off into the night uh in the hospital bed next to where matt was uh the crazy man who was rocking himself you know back and forth is now reciting the uh the dead boy poem so maybe know, the crazy night. man saw the ghost of Jonas, right? The vision the as crispy, well. Crispy, crispy yeah. critter. Some, he somehow has learned the poem and is now reciting right. it, which is a, it's a yeah. creepy element. It's purely, or yeah, it's a psychological mm-hmm. thing. Because when they, they when they show Matt having that experience with Jonah, mm-hmm. they do cut to that other patient. Yeah, and it looks like Matt like, is looking at nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, I think the only maybe he's you know, yeah. Maybe Matt's maybe, like maybe Matt was reciting the poem, yeah. and like he's now he's like just mimicking it. Yeah, also or it's I, just um, pure mind play. You know? I, I, at this point in the movie, I have to add, and Mary Kate will love this, but she's like asking me like, "Who's that? What's that? Why is that happening?" I'm like, "He's the bad guy. He's a good guy. He has cancer. He's gonna die. She's not gonna die. They're not dead. They almost died." I'm like, "Okay, we're done, right?" And then you throw in that. Well, let's watch together and find out. I know. She's, she's like, like, "We're watching the same this? thing." Yeah. She's like, "Who's that guy? Why is he wearing a weird?" Hat. I'm like, I don't. He's the p- pastor. Is he Catholic? I don't know. Is he going to save them? We're working on it. Um, so- Sunday scaries. The lower body orifice. The lower body orifice. Um, so yeah, we uh, cut away from uh, Matt's hospital room where he had apparently escaped, and he's running around in the night in uh, his hospital gown uh, and footy pajamas or something. Um, so having uh, not killed himself, having not killed himself, right? Exactly. In a sanitarium yeah. that is uh, definitely designed for you to kill, kill yourself, yourself. <laughs> or, or other people. A medical professional, said yeah, that. right. <laughs> Um, so Matt shows up to the house with an axe. Yep. <laughs> this one I got, I got the shining immediately. Yeah. I was, was like, great. oh, the shining. Yeah, yeah. We get our, we get our, our shining moment where he runs up to the door. Wendy is super freaked out. Um, locks the door. Mm-hmm, locks the door immediately. Uh, she kind of gets it. Like other horror people are like, they're like, oh, what are you doing? Just yeah. stand there until they're axed. But no. she's like, oh, hell no, I'm no, not doing this. Shit. Yeah. Immediately she realizes this is not a good situation. Uh, locks the door. Um, so yeah, uh, Matt does his best. Jack Nicholson impression. Slam, you know, busts through the door with the axe. We get the great chopping in there. It's, with it's, Wendy's face juxtaposed. Yeah, it's so yeah. Juxtaposed right behind it. Yeah, I was like, oh, good on you guys. That's, yeah. that's awesome. It was fun. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, so, yeah, now we're going to play hide and seek. Uh, we're going to play hide and seek. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Wendy, Wendy rounds up the uh, the two smaller children, Billy and Mary, and says, you know, we're going to go play hide and seek. I'm like, oh, we're going to play hide and seek now? This is, this is the time? Um, so... 
Matt bursts. Go find a new spot. Yeah, exactly right. Matt Matt bursts in uh, and he begins chopping at the wall where previously he was clawing. We see the claw marks before him. He like him. freaks him out. They mm-hmm. think he's gonna like exactly because he, he's been like kind of pushing his brother Billy mm-hmm. the whole. I thought like yeah. the whole movie. I'm and like, oh, he might up, kill his brother. Yeah, the way we're building up the aggression within uh, within Matt, it almost seems as if yeah, the spirits are taking him over. So we don't know which way he's gone here. We don't know if he's become yeah, if he's just he's become fully possessed and now he's angry. So yeah, when he does swing the axe it looks as if he's going for wendy's head but no he he chops right into the wall um and then suddenly we find you know the wall breaks away and we see that there's one of the dead bodies inside of the wall mm-hmm. so this with is, the inscriptions mm-hmm. all exactly. over it yeah, yeah it's, the necromancy mm-hmm. bodies are yeah. the in the walls. on it no, <laughs> no eyelids no no frosted eyelids. flake eyelids <laughs> yeah exactly crispies. um <laughs> So Matt Matt keeps chopping at the wall. Uh, he he then uh, starts shoving everybody um, outside, um, pushing them out of the house uh, and uh, telling them not to come in no matter what. Um, and they so say, "Don't let them put the fire." Up. Exactly. And they say, "What about you?" And he says, "I'm already dead." Mm-hmm. Um, so Matt starts piling up the furniture to barricade himself inside the house. He but he barricades up the doors, um, the back door and the front door and the windows and everything. He starts to continuously chop up in the wall, um, and we start getting flashes of the of the mutilated corpse uh, corpses and everything. Um, and then they all literally come like spilling out of, out of the wall. Yeah, bodies and bodies and bodies. So all those thirty and missing bodies. At this bodies. point, I'm thinking, what is, what does it smell like in this house? That was exactly in my notes. That was my, the very next thing I was going to say. I was okay. like, wouldn't you <laughs> assume? Well, maybe he was a really good embalmer. Well, and. Um, the the actual the Snedekers, mm-hmm. the the family that this is based on, mm-hmm. did claim that they smelt rotting flesh in their Eat, house. Right. So, you would think they maybe would have talked about that. It right. could have been like a good connection. through line too. It's just yeah. like one extra thing to freak people out is like mm. the, the smell. Like mm. why does it smell? But so how weird? do you visualize? You know. It's like, yeah. It's is Matt gonna be like smells like rotting flesh in here, and you're like, okay, I guess it does. It's one of those things that's, that's dramatized. True. It is a that's a tough thing to communicate through film. I no, but I got it. I have the answer right here. Oh. You just it's it's like dramatized in like uh in like uh, a thing you can never fully clean. Right. It's oh, like a, like a house yeah. you can never fully clean. You're like, mm-hmm. why does it still smell like it's not clean? I cleaned this. Yeah. I cleaned this five minutes ago. Having somebody and then yeah. having somebody compulsively going through and cleaning. Yeah, there and yeah. that's like part of the whole process of like making a house your own mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. it just plays into a whole cleaning is a part of a whole bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. and so like you're cleaning exactly your Mm -hmm. cleansing efforts are wasted Mm -hmm. is like a larger thematic viewpoint on like yeah the bodies are still in the walls Mm -hmm. yeah um and then boom Uh, so Matt has unleashed all of the bodies, and we realize that these are all the dead people from the photographs. These are all the dead people who were still who were uh, not buried in the cemetery. Um, all of the missing people. Um, we get flashes of uh, Doctor Aikman uh, intercut with each swing of the hammer as he's chopping into the wall. Um, Matt goes and he pulls the the elixirs of, of gasoline or kerosene or whatever's in the uh, the bottles. Alcohol. And starts, yeah, yeah, lighter fluid. Essentially. Formaldehyde. Yeah, I think right. that's what it was. It's formaldehyde from uh, flammable. Is it flammable? Yeah. Uh, Medical professional. You would think not, right? I'm, I'm, I'm asking you. The fifth. Yeah. Clean the fifth. All right. Let's assume it is. But they did show <laughs> bottles of alcohol in the right. Yeah, there the was plenty of alcohol so. in there. There was and plenty it, of flammable. Food. It's only gotten mm-hmm. more alcoholy over the years. Exactly. Yeah. Alcoholy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, the percentage only goes up. Um, so he proceeds to pour all of these flammable liquids all over the bodies, and then he proceeds to fulfill what is my fucking dream, which is burning a house down. Um, I don't know. That's, uh... <laughs> Are you saying you want to own a house and we can all burn it down? I want to go and burn a structure down. It doesn't have to be a house. It could be like a barn. Maybe we should go to Burning Man. You could become crispy, man. Crispy, man. Yeah, I burning man. Crispy man. Yeah. That was low-hanging fruit. <laughs> Don't put that in there. <laughs> we'll cut uh, it in post. Cut it in post. No cuts. Um, so having trapped himself inside, Matt starts to throw all of the furniture as kindling into the fire that he's slowly After building. ripping his shirt off. Yeah. Oh, he has to go. Yeah, he hulks out first. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> Those not, crunches paid off. Yeah, Did you see his body? Yeah, he was cut. Yeah. Smashing those He was literally and... cut. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> hey. uh, yeah, post. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we flash back and forth between Matt uh, and Jonah's like burnt corpse. We kind of get these like uh, they're they're sort of overlaying the ghost of Jonah's burnt corpse over Matt now. Um, and there's this really kind. Of, I, don't, I I I like how this movie ends, but I also sort of like love this like fatalist. Uh, idea of he's you know him giving up and kind of trapping himself inside here to sacrificial it seems noble i actually was like this isn't fatalist at all to me it's like super optimistic yeah he he is like i i'm already gone let me do one good thing before i go off Mm -hmm. this planet and not only save my family who's already outside of the house but like stop this from ever happening and like free some poor trapped souls exactly he went like eight birds with one stone Um, so he, uh, he also tosses the photographs on top of the, the burnt bodies, uh, you know, maybe further releasing the souls and everything. Um, so the crazy rooms and lettering start to appear all over the burning house. Um, and, uh, as if it's, you know, responding in anger to him and all the ghosts start to appear around Matt as he's like burning everything, all the ghosts mm-hmm. of these mutilated bodies yeah, and everything. Like the bodies are mm-hmm. reanimating almost. Exactly. Uh, and then outside the cops <clears throat> and everybody starts to show up and they're like, oh shit, the house is burning down. Uh, this could be a problem. We don't have renter's insurance. Um, <laughs> then, uh, Sarah goes up and tries to start breaking into the house. Uh, the cops are holding back, you know. Uh, Peter. Yeah, Peter and Sarah. Um, Sarah manages to, to burst in. Uh, Matt is surrounded by the ghosts, and they start to like place their hands over him uh, and everything. Um, as Sarah finds the room where he's at, she gets there and you know goes and like you know cradles him. And his his Chuck Taylors look surprisingly clean at this moment. I, I noted <laughs> for having just run across he, town in the yeah, middle. Of yeah, the- and then also <laughs> standing in the yeah, and then amidst the flames of a burning building. Um, yeah, this is also where we. I, I this is my other moment where I feel like we get you know the the Candyman homage because Sarah is uh, she's she's rescuing yeah. the child in the midst of a burning you know yeah. of a furnace essentially right Virginia Madsen paying you know get, kind of re- reprising her role there, um, so Sarah starts to you know to say her say her prayers and everything praying to keep Matt safe. Uh, all the ghosts are are sort of like closing in on Matt and everything. Um, she says, please help my boy, please save him. Um, but then all of the ghosts, uh, they sort of, they, they, they begin to disintegrate. They're like, uh, back off. Yeah, exactly. As this like very, uh, very dramatic choral theme just starts to, starts oh, to really yeah. get over yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. play up the, 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 the craziness of everything. And then all of a sudden, the firemen save the day. Um, a fireman bursts through the wall right behind. Uh, I honestly Sarah. thought it was a last-minute scare. I was right? like, there was a hand. Uh, like it busts the, out yeah, of the wall. Zombie, I like, was like, oh, up. damn. They're just going to take them all. Um, but no, it's a fireman. So a fireman saves the day. They, 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 yank, uh, they, yank, every, they yank Sarah and Matt out uh, into, the, uh, into the front yard. Uh, and they begin trying to resuscitate Matt. Um, out there, Reverend Papasque has showed up as well. Um, to watch what's going on, and mm. he starts praying as well. 
to try to try to contribute uh, what little he can. Thoughts and uh, prayers. Yeah, exactly. Thoughts and prayers. Uh, vision. Uh, yeah. So Matt starts to have a vision of the cemetery uh, of a cemetery, and uh, he starts. He's to see unconscious the, at this point. Yeah, exactly. He's sort of having his uh, near death experience. Um, he sees the soul of uh, Jonah essentially um, within the cemetery, who now is on unmoli- like undisfigured. He looks regular again. He doesn't he's look burnt been, or anything. Been freed. Exactly. He's been he's been freed from his uh, from his curse. Um, and then I, uh, I guess we, we can assume that the ghost of Jonah, the spirit of Jonah brings, brings Matt back to life. Uh, so he, mm-hmm. he bursts awake. He's alive now. Matt lives. Uh, and so, uh, everybody, you know, kind of laments or, uh, you know, revels in this, uh, in, in the joy of the fact that, that Matt is back to life. Uh, father Reverend Papasky fucks off. He goes and walks away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get our, uh, into the sunset. Into the sunset. Like, yeah. Yeah. My work here is done. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Presumably to die of cancer um, mm-hmm. is what's going to go happen to him. So and he to, like goes screaming into the void, yeah. <laughs> as you would have it. Yeah, and then we get our voiceover. Uh, Fear from... no evil. <laughs> uh, we get our voiceover from the beginning where um, Sarah, you know, says, you know, you don't have to believe my story, but I know what happened, and, and my family knows what happened. Um, I guess we kind of dip back into the documentary style thing, but not not fully. It's just yeah. the it's just the voiceover. Just the voiceover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I think said, it's just their attempt at making an homage to the actual the source to material the book. Yeah, yeah that's kind of what i was going to get <laughs> yeah. at at the beginning too was the idea that like the whole purpose of setting this up was like the idea that this family was interviewed and talked to about their story and stuff mm-hmm. which is kind of like how the book originated even though the author of that book you know Admits quickly deduced that, that none of these people were telling the up. truth yeah. yeah um yeah and then that's uh that's the movie real credits and we get some post uh some you know the end, end of credits kind they of do thing. that beautiful like mix where they just keep showing you like flash cuts of different grotesque things they yeah. probably felt like inserts of like blood pouring out of a like yeah. a needle or something like poke something the credits are pretty gruesome for this yeah it's one yeah. of those photos that, of it's the, a vibe the credits are like such a vibe we get uh some some like credit uh, disclaimers to saying you know Matt Cam- Matt Campbell's you know cancer disappeared and he made a full recovery uh, mm-hmm. and some other elements of like that which is funny because like and then, the true story that this is based on has nothing to do with anybody named yeah, Matt the Campbell. Sned- <laughs> never, no, they, had they never mentioned. Wait, so I guess technically, name. yeah, but Matt Campbell is a fictional character. <laughs> he he could also like fly to the moon. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like Matt- they could say that, and it would still be true. <laughs> well, and then they also met, say like that that house was restored, restored yeah. and rebuilt. After he told them, don't stop the fire. Yeah. And the one other thing that cuts in before the credits that I noticed. So they cut to the to the drain. And there's a the gutter with a drain on the street. And the water is flowing mm-hmm. because they're putting the fire out. Oh, yeah. yeah. You see some what looks like a skull, like fragments of yeah. bone mm-hmm. going into the gutter. But they're pu- but all that water flowing, they're showing that they're putting the fire out. Right. right? Which is exactly what you shouldn't do. To a house like that, you gotta let it burn. And in my head, I'm like, you're just gotta burn it up. that shit. Because right they made the they made a sequel, right? They, they did, did make a sequel, which I haven't seen. Yeah, yeah. The 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 haunting. In, yeah, so it's the haunting. Wait, in Connecticut it's the haunting in Connecticut, but Georgia. It takes place in Georgia. Or no, something. the subtitle okay. is like Georgia Tales or something. Yeah, something like that. So I wasn't sure if. They were like, to the... were they just letting that in there just in case? Like, right. Are we, are we leaving that open? Yeah. I think the real sequel of this, like I said, is yeah, is dealing with the the insurance claim with that fucking landlord and stuff because it's like presumably the squatter that I disappeared. Have... <laughs> that dude's in. He's gone. Dude. He's in fucking. That man made like at he's least. He's in Argentina now. He made like, tens of thousands Islands. of dollars. Yeah. He probably didn't know what to do with that kind of money. Yeah. Though. Yeah. It was like what I don't. 
I do I I think I buy a house and you're like no real houses are worth way more than what you that what you like, sold what you got I have, sold that house I bet money. you yeah. I bet you 1987 for a house like that I all right how much would you pay pull we're gonna pull okay so I'll, I'll go first because I started I think it was like ten thousand dollars really like to buy to the, the down payment just the first like initial cash payment max ten thousand dollars I bet that whole house maybe cost like 80,000 just cuz it's two story. That was a lot. It was like five bedrooms, right? Yeah. It was big. Yeah. Big they basement. Had their own room. Yeah, but big it was like a huge basement, Connecticut, 1987. Yeah, but the, like there were no inspections. There was no like upkeep. Clearly electrical yeah, electrical issues. Yeah, like, yeah the walls were all dingy. Eight, they 80, were full 000, of dead bodies. But that's like I think 80,000 is too high. I also, so I don't know, I don't know what this community is like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. It looked nice. It seemed rural. Yeah, they had like a lot of land. Like it was it was to drive. You had to drive everywhere yeah. when I'd you say, left the house. I'd say one twenty. One twenty. I don't fucking know, man. Say one twenty. I don't know. Do it, Travis. I'm saying like forty. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm feeling forty. I actually am feeling that. Yeah, I would offer forty. That you would, you would be. That would be a generous offer for yeah. that house. All right. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> I'm just a millennial. Yeah, right. But, you know, All houses cost I'd, at least two hundred thousand dollars in our minds. Yeah, right. At least, at least, if not fucking half a million. Yeah, yeah if I want like going on, you know, a thousand square feet. But you could live in like the middle of nowhere, Texas, and get a house for a hundred thousand dollars. You could. And then what would you do? That's, that's, and then you would the be make you the only job that you could find. You'd be making like nine dollars. We're month. we're so yeah. we're such disgruntled millennials. I'm on your side. I'm I sad agree. Now. I, I was, agree. I was happy about this movie, but now I'm sad. Uh, <laughs> I was happy I was about like, this horror yeah. film. Anyway, but well, yeah, what did you guys think? Like, did you? Uh, so you, this was your first time watching it? Like, literally, this. Last this was night? my first time. Oh, wow, awesome! And it was my first time as well. Nice. What you, uh, Daniel? What do you think? Was it a? Uh, uh, I was say, let, let's give it. Let's give it. Let's give a reception generally, and then let's talk about how scary you thought. So, it was. so let me open with like I, I I recognize the shoot. I've actually worked on things that reminded me of stuff like mm. this. Is like the way that you have to make this is just so run and gun and so mm-hmm. fast, and you're under so much pressure that like mm-hmm. you do those things where you're like, I gotta cut some corners. I gotta make this. I gotta hit my ninety minute mark, and um, and I, I can't say if it was like a choice or not, or if it was like a buzz like a budget issue. But there's so much about like how I say like the cancer combination mm. stuff is really good that there's a lot of that that chunk of just jump scares in right. the, like early middle portion that I'm like mm. we could get rid of all of that. Hmm. I, I would just wanted more characters. Yeah. Some of the mm. some of the character growth just felt obligatory. Right. Like some of these scenes felt obligatory in a way that like they have to happen because this is what happens in a horror movie, and I, I'm not trying to like poo-poo the screenwriter no, the director or anything like that i think it's it's hard to make a movie in general yeah. i know but uh i just think that like they gave us so much to work with that we and i was jonesing for more like i found right. myself and I, I think that revelation of like what makes it pg-13 versus r might also have influenced mm-hmm. some of those decisions Do you think that if this was an r-rated movie you would have like elevated it for you like just a little bit more to get more of that i think if it was r they would have chosen to lean into some of this mm-hmm. like the really messed up stuff and i think mm-hmm. that would have would have at least shocked me more. Hmm. I think that they still, they still, that they gave us such a great core relationship with like Virginia Madsen and Evan Gallner, I think, mm-hmm. um, about like the son and his mother, their relationship that like that, and the idea of cancer and playing into a family and like trauma and haunting all wrapped up into one is like, yeah, I love that idea. I think that there's like so much there worth mining. I want more. Like, mm-hmm. I want to see. What the different ele- like how do different elements of hauntings relate to how families experience the trauma of 
you know, going through someone in your family having cancer. Yeah, like if we mm-hmm. circle back to the actual relationship like that 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 disease has with the family or the family has with that disease and then how that is affected by their experience. Yeah, there's there's the not thing. only the elements mm-hmm. of like what cancer took from mm-hmm. from Matt from like living a normal life, being in mm-hmm. high school, play, mm-hmm. doing anything, going on dates with whoever yeah. and like playing sports and stuff is like all the different things you can take away from someone and also the family members that have to like, like he, he starts up. the movie being like, I don't want people to see me vomit mm-hmm. and it just becomes, it doesn't, it's not important. Yeah. It we're, we're too busy yeah. into the haunting to really understand why he feels that way. Mm-hmm. Like what did, is that something his dad taught him is mm-hmm. like, be a strong man. Mm-hmm. Is there something there? Like I, I'm the weird guy. That's like, I was telling you <laughs> earlier, I w- like, I could see Mike Flanagan who's known for writing very humanist like horror it seems yeah. like he starts with the humans and then moves into the mm-hmm. horror mm-hmm. And this one i felt like started with the horror and moved into the humans and like i wanted more out of the characters got it and also you have a great lineup of actors like yeah. they can oh, do yeah. it give them <laughs> give them those scenes they can do it like virginia madison's character is like struggles with faith and like who who is uh the this father like this the reverend to her mm-hmm. like all this stuff um, that and the quick cuts was the one I was like, they just got to linger. Like I mm. got to see more. It makes of you this. wonder if the non 90 minute version of this film. Yeah. If it were, like, I know I was thinking to myself, like, I was yeah. like, I need to hunt down a Blu-ray copy someday and like yeah. watch if they have deleted scenes or, or something yeah, like like a non, cut or something. A yeah. non PG 13 yeah. version. Yeah. Mm. Because when you're, I mean, they're dealing the, the subject matter with all the body horror that could be involved. Like they could have done a lot more with that too. Had it been R. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, you're talking about a dude who literally like desecrated bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could have done more. Yeah, had it not been PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and there's something about like all the flashy tricks they use to kind of like keep us invested, like the yeah. bleeding in of sepia. Like, <laughs> they, I mean, they really they brought out like a murderer's row of effects yeah. that mm-hmm. like horror films are known for. Just like every single shoot, like shot they could take, they they used it. They did mm-hmm. it. And I felt like that was like a good way to bridge the gap and create, you know, mood atmosphere. But it just doesn't mean anything if the if we don't care as much for these characters. Like right. Matt has cancer, and the whole time, like by the end of the movie, I'm like, oh, Matt's gonna die. Mm-hmm. But I want to feel sad about it. Like that's I'm kind like, of like yeah, that's one of those things. Is like I I wondered that about the ending too. Is like how I would have felt if he had actually perished in that fire. Right. Because I feel like that maybe like like to your point about the development of his character over the course of the film, where he starts out being you know really really reluctant to even exist as somebody who has cancer to coming full circle and just being yeah like, he I will accepts sacrifice it. myself yeah and, like, and know, decides and like i'm like, gonna make the most of this yeah and even um, then though like i i don't know i don't know how the rating system works but him mm. dying in a fire he already has cancer it's a noble sacrifice seems mm. like a kind of pg-13 ending to me like yeah, I think you get he could that, die right? and it oh, would for sure. still yeah. fit I mean, the rating they threw a, they threw a kid in a in a furnace. Yeah. 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 And that's terrifying. Like you're all going to do that to, to Jonah, but you can't yeah. let oh, that poor Jonah. Um, exactly. It was the symmetry of that of that idea alone that appealed to me. I was like, yeah. I'm comfortable with this character dying. Yeah. I just, I, I, I wish. Two dead boys but, fighting that, in the night. Is that a concession that they made to try to tie it into the true story? Man? Right. Because nobody died. That's the other thing. You know, I didn't honestly know about all the true story stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, we know. Well, the fake true story. In yeah, hindsight, yeah, in hindsight we know it's all made up. It's all bullshit. But yeah. there is something... And they were all okay. They stayed in that house for like two more years. They didn't even like... Oh, yeah. They just, after all... The, I, I love that part of it, too. They're like, we're getting raped and sodomized by demons every single night. Um, oh, do you want to break the lease? Uh, no, that's, no, that's, that's okay. So we're going to hang out here for two more years yeah. after... Do you guys read Carl Sagan at all? 
uh, occasionally. He has. I read this book in college. Um, he has this whole bit about like the intuition behind crop circles being aliens and people get like people getting abducted by aliens and the intuition behind people being possessed is like the same instinct, mm-hmm. just different entities. Mm-hmm. And it's like that idea that like human, like we the humans, the, whoever that person is, might have done something or experienced something they can't quite explain, so they invent like a force. To say mm-hmm. to like explain it away, it's the same thing with like cancer. Is like there's just no natural like people dealing with that existential crisis of like, you just hit a brick wall. Like, there's no explanation. Yeah, there's there's no reason that this yeah. normal You're teenager not got talk cancer. Your way out of this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, I mean that's the beginning of the movie. He's like, so why 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 did you want to do this for me? It's like, oh, why do or why do you think this happened to you? It's like, why do good things happen to bad people? Yeah, <laughs> Let me tell you a story. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it starts that way, and then it's just like a lot about like, and then we were haunted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I like I feel yeah. like you can have both. With this movie, I feel like you can have both. You can uh, have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's just really hard to pull off when you're under the when you're under the gun like that. So, yeah. so I think given more budget and more time, right? It could have been. I mean, they say that about every movie. Well, yeah, yeah but I mean, it could have. Yeah. Ten million dollars. I don't think. Yeah. Okay, I not, looked at the director and I had not seen. He has hardly movies. made anything. I have questions. The writers I also, yeah, very minimal, like, honestly, filmographies. Like, it's, yeah, which is interesting. Like, for, like I said, for a movie like this, like, uh, so to summarize, like I said, you, you were whelmed. You weren't under. I was or, whelmed. Yeah, but you weren't under. Or but I, 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 whelmed is su- a good place yeah, to be. Exactly. I was sufficiently whelmed, yeah. personally. Yeah, exactly. Fair. So, that, yeah, you had this, Tyler had the same reaction where, you you know, you, it, I, like, I think that was my reaction, too, where it's like, I enjoyed watching it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think, and that's what we were getting at in our conversation. Like, I think if this had been an R-rated movie, being a horror fan and kind of loving where it was going. I, I think I'm on that same boat where a I would PG-13 horror movie is yeah. like impossible. Yeah, yeah. I can't I can't think yeah. of one. I'm exactly. not off the top of my head. Yeah, and it's what's funny is like within our watch list, like this is like one of the few movies that is PG-13. Um, we do like to throw like a couple of these in there. Like I wanted to at least some that weren't going to you know for for more some of the more casual like horror viewers and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, sometimes I, you know it's interesting to see so like that drag what... me to hell is the other P- is the other PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be, uh, <laughs> uh, delete that. Yeah. Nobody know. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, is it hell me to drag? Yeah, <laughs> I've never uh, heard of that. But yeah, it, what, what I think is interesting though about about watching these types of movies because the majority of the movies we're gonna, we are going to watch R rated R, um, but it is interesting to see like what happens. Yeah, right. And mm-hmm. I think the whole conversation that you brought about that is like is really interesting because it's like. If you want, you know, the argument of a studio wanting to make a movie that's more marketable can can sell argument more right, to, right. to more people. Um, you know, what kind of movie do you get as a result of that? And that's kind of what we've been getting out here is like you get this kind yeah. of movie. Yeah. Well, here's my here's my put back to us like in a mm-hmm. philosophical way, right? Like horror movies are the the safety places where we can confront ideas or mm-hmm. images or things that we would not want to see in our real life. Mm-hmm. Um, does that mean it has to be inherently R-rated? Because those are things we wouldn't want children to see. We're confronting mm-hmm. like deepest, darkest mm-hmm. fears, mm-hmm. whether they're just having your eyelashes cut off or like getting cancer yeah. out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, does it? Does that mean that horror has like an inherent, um, uh, like, what's the word? It's just like a. It's very intense. It, it has this like um, people shouldn't see this kind of vibe to it. That just like the what's like categorically why the genre as a whole tends to lean so right. heavily mm-hmm. are um, forbidden or, or something like that. Yeah, the taboo the things that we don't never, taboo. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like because it explores taboo things. Mm-hmm. Does that make it inherently art? Right. Yeah, and I think that's that's and kind should of should we just lean into that fully? Yeah, you know, should we be? And people tend to reward the movies like that you know, do like, that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll say some of my favorite, like the more morbid 
and the more fucked up and the yeah. more it makes me think about those things that yeah. I probably don't want to or should be thinking about all the time. Well, that's why I think like that's those are the ones I like the most. Good yeah, horror because film it makes you access those things yeah. that yeah. are the, tough to access. Yeah. You know? The way that I think about it is um I I compare like, you know, being a glutton for horror movies and stuff to being like like a hot sauce, you know, fanatic mm. and stuff where it's like yeah. there's a, there's a level of of testing your limits and sort of like, you know, forcing your, you know, yourself through a certain experience to kind of like to, you know, to to feel things. Like, you yeah. know, yeah. there is You're there is challenging your willpower yeah. and your ability to like to deal with these premises that most people don't want to deal with on right. a day-to-day basis. Like, and, is there a safe way to do it that can be viewed by anyone over the age of 13? Right. Is the better question. Yeah. But mm-hmm. we, as a society, kind of agree that, like, you're not really, like, anatomically, even physically, we agree that your brains aren't developed. Mm. Are you even, like, in the right headspace to be challenged in mm. such an extreme way? Or do you even have context? None of that's ever stopped any. Yeah. It's never stopped any of us from watching yeah. horror movies at 13, but it's always yeah. been taboo. It's like, don't let a, don't let a teenager yeah. watch a horror yeah. movie. Kind of how I did mention earlier, like, if I would have watched this when I was 13. Yeah. Every, the whole fi- family dynamic, the strife. Yeah. And the, the tension between the mother and son and in, you know... It, death incoming that i wouldn't have caught all that yeah because i would have just been like oh spooky yeah you'd be hung up on like Mm -hmm. the eyelids and yeah yeah jump scares body horror stuff so that being said like i mean how so like this being a pg-13 movie if we were to rate on a scale of like one to ten how scary do you think this movie was like for For its rating for the first time no just for you for me yeah for your experience watching it you're kind of you're kind of are you not really a horror movie person well are you like yeah i guess you were i i I, yeah in the latter half of my lifetime i've become one yeah (laughs) i learned i learned in from 18 up i started getting into it I yeah. missed it in my. I missed the taboo side of being a teen. Yeah. And watching mm-hmm. horror movies, I think I just kind of like skipped it. Yeah, and I did yeah. too. And this has kind of this podcast has really forced me yeah. to like yeah. to lean into that a little bit more. Yeah. And, and I've and, seen plenty that yeah. like, and they're generally the more intense. Um, yeah. The films are the ones that I've kind of sought out over the years. I'll say I've definitely learned just from working on horror movies. I've worked on at least two. Mm-hmm. full like feature films and it's you learn a lot and, and it informs the way i'm like watching some of these kinds of movies right. like obviously conjuring 3 is a big old budget there's no way i'm gonna understand yeah. how they shot yeah. some of that stuff but like this i know it I, i've mm-hmm. been there i've seen some of this stuff so it's like super interesting to me because i'm like oh yeah i could totally see how they did this or like mm-hmm. if i was on set i would hate working yeah. on this scene <laughs> i usually i usually frame it as like i would hate working on this one scene this yeah. is awful <laughs> Yeah, were you able to take yourself out of that? So, what do you think? Like a like a four or five? Yeah, I'm probably at a com- I'm at a comfy four. Comfy four. Yeah. My fiance was probably at a three, but she had no context. <laughs> Two probably, but she was just like, I don't know who any of these people are. Right. I well, even... and honestly, the first half like really sets up a lot of those yeah spooky tones. Yeah. You know, like without that context, it's not that scary at all. Agreed. Because um, the Agreed. I mean, towards the end, there it just becomes like action horror. Yeah, exactly. Um, which which is kind of like the the slippery slope of a lot of like any, especially like any pop horror stuff. It's yeah. like you know you, you lean into action. I mean, that's um, exactly what happened in Malignant too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like we, oh, now don't we're spoil just, that. Now, I haven't I haven't seen. Oh, Malignant you didn't watch yet. it? Yet? Ah! All right. I was right, waiting cool. for you to tell me to watch it. Okay. Yeah. Well, watch it. I'll watch it. Definitely watch it. You can listen okay. to us talk about it uh, in the first episode. But Done. Yeah, uh, I'd say a comfy four. Comfy four. Yeah, that's what I'm about. About four. Yeah, too. Like I said, it's also like such a peak 
or sorry, like a peak two thousands movie. Yeah, like it, it I love has it. all the yeah. hallmarks of a. Uh, it's a Lionsgate release. Yes, <laughs> it got a theatrical distribution. It made. I looked it up. It made like fifty five million in domestic. Mm-hmm. Seventy seven overall total, mm-hmm. yeah, which is it made its money yeah. back. It's fantastic Quite. for yeah. a horror movie. That's actually a great segue. We can talk about like kind of the reception and the stuff about about this one. Um, so yeah, like as far as domestic uh, box office goes, like yeah, like you said, um, domestically about fifty five million. Um, this is after like we said. So this is ten million dollar budget. You know, low cheap. That's yeah. cheap. In this yeah, world. exactly. For the yeah, record, for, that is pretty yeah, darn cheap. That's a pretty cheap movie, you know, for 2009. Um, 22 million international, so a total of about 77 million. Um, yeah, it was in theaters, yeah, about 40 weeks. Um, so the opening weekend for this one uh, was really funny, too. Like, it beat out. Um, it was number two, actually, in the box office this opening weekend. Uh, only beat by Monsters and Aliens in March of 2009. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's perfect. It makes sense. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's like cross-programming. Yeah, it's exactly. like everyone who's at Monsters and Aliens isn't going to see, yeah. you know haunting in connecticut right. so they can have their cake and they can both share in the profit yeah and, and to take you back a little bit uh yeah this this weekend of this weekend of march in 2009 um it beat out uh i love you man which was in its uh, second week in the box office yeah okay wow. or yeah which was funny and then it was also it also beat out taken the very first one uh yeah, oh, yeah. When, wait what was the release date uh march 27th march? 2009 mm-hmm. okay so mm-hmm. that's like pre-summer season mm-hmm. but post they call it like it's I call it like a dead season mm-hmm. it's like January February it's like mm-hmm. they, right. you kind of know a studio doesn't know if this movie will work if they drop it in January because yeah, it's, like, it's yeah. like after the holidays, after the holidays nobody's going to the theaters yeah. maybe someone will like it yeah but 2009 they like they weren't sure they, yeah. if you released a movie in March you weren't sure it was going to work right and that's why you I'm see like surprised that it beat out Taken I love you man and Taken yeah Taken was in its seventh week Okay, well, that I'm not though. Me. I bet you the ad spend on that was on drag on a on a the Connecticut haunting in Connecticut was like <laughs> significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I I remember those images plastered all over the place. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely I remember the, the ectoplasm thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. the ectoplasm. Man, it's easy to sell <laughs> but ectoplasm. But that's smart. <laughs> like you you just have to sell it fast yeah. and hard, mm-hmm. and it'll 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 recoup its yeah. losses. I mean, fast and hard is how you get ectoplasm. Um, <laughs> All right. Yeah. So anyway, so just that, a little lower. <laughs> so that's our talk on the, the, the haunting in Connecticut. Um, so have you guys have any uh, seen any movies that or shows recently that you think people should watch? It doesn't have to be horror for this one, Tyler. Well, we we just talked about it on break. We, me and Dan both saw Uncharted. Yeah. Last week. Yeah. Uh, which was fun. You know, especially if you've played the games, like, and you already have that idea of like, the you know Nathan Drake, action just over the top. Uh, if you can catch it in theaters or on a big screen somewhere, or you just have a good setup at home, it's fun. Super uh, quippy. Yeah, it's funny. You know, it's entertaining. You will get your time's worth. Um, Super family. Mark friendly. Wahlberg is way. The one thing I'll say is Mark Wahlberg is way too Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah. He's he's yeah. like with he's drawn into himself where yeah. you just can only say like four things now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think they should have used somebody else. I don't want to see him. He's like the most Wahlberg there's ever marked. Yeah, like he calls Tom Holland. Like he ends every other sentence with "kid." Yeah, get on up here, kid. Let's get out of here, kid. He makes like old man jokes. I'm like, Mark Wahlberg lifts more than my entire body. There's no way his (laughs) knees are killing him. That's physically impossible. Yeah, look at the man. uh, It was fun. Yeah, Um, it's worth a watch. It's if a good theater, especially watch. yeah, and especially if you're into those that type of like action game as well, um, just go into it with that mindset. 
and it's fun. And, yeah. and like good fun for the whole family. If there's any family people listening, like that is a that's an easy win. You can you will I think not. Tom Holland is just generally family friendly. Well, you can see where they cast him. Yeah. He, he's yeah. super. He's super he's quippy. Right he yeah. has like he has the quick off the cuff jokes. He he has that like reaction kind of like yeah. he's in over mm-hmm. his head everywhere he goes kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's exactly like Nathan Drake. He's got that young gullible face. Yeah, yeah. and and this is supposed to be them young, mm-hmm. right? So this is like, like his like pre yeah his like the yeah. prequel to yeah, the video like the game first story. Job. Yeah. yeah, but um, I'm hopeful they make another. Honestly, yeah, I think I, I'm I sure. I, I, I'm I sure they it. will. It's the, been doing the well. It's been made. It's made a lot of money already. Very yeah. good. Yeah. They released it on a great weekend. Yeah. I mean, they just they knew they they managed to hit that sweet spot. I was telling Mary Kate and I, I were talking about it right before Batman. It, and before <laughs> Batman, but after Omicron, they like came in between yeah. waves because. This Possibly is that we'll thing. live in a world where yeah. like you just have waves of COVID, so yeah. it's like don't bother going to the theaters between May to mid June. Yeah, reality. And like all of just like December to mid January. Mm-hmm. So if you can drop a movie in between waves, you've hit like the yeah. sweet spot. And you don't get pushed into like straight into an HBO streaming spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which they don't do anymore. Twenty twenty two. Not anymore. What about well, you? We'll see. Besides Uncharted, was uh, have you seen? A... Um, I what have I been watching? I watched. I finished Euphoria. Ooh. Shout out all my Gen Z friends. Yeah. My little sister Lily. <laughs> She'll never listen to this. She has better patience. I. It was like one of the ways we connected. I would watch it and text her, Hell yeah. and I would be like an old man. I'd grump. I'd grump. I'd be like, they need to put more clothes on. Not because it's like bad for them, but because they look cold. I'm yeah. Like it must be cold out there. Someone give poor Sydney Sweeney like another sweater. Uh-huh. Or, or your dad comes kind of in with a joke yeah. like, did you pay full price for that? That's <laughs> half a shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love the TikToks, too, where they, like, point out how extravagantly dressed every every person these, on this show like, is. When, you, when you're a character on, on Euphoria. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, my God, they're right. Like, what crazy person would wear, like, that to a, to high school? I, I went yeah. to a private school. It was like we wore plaid skirts and white polo shirts. So I missed – yeah, I have my plaid skirt. <laughs> I do. I wore. I did wear a skirt once. Nice. It is cold. Yeah, drafty. Um, no, I. I. So I'm excited for Batman. Oh, obviously, yeah. I've heard good things. Um, so I will be there on Friday. Um, and then I got to catch up on my Oscars. I'm. I'm only like two or three away. I can't find Ride My Car in anywhere except the Texas. I was gonna say it was just playing at Texas Theater. I recently. know, and I feel like I missed the window. I think I did too. Yeah, I think it's not because they don't. They only do like a week like a or week, two. Yeah. I've also been jonesing to rewatch No Way Home. Oh yeah, something about I've it just it gave me. Yeah, it's it's just like a good feel good <laughs> movie, and it like I I need like a I cool that, down. I'm working I a lot. I need, need something to cool boosting, down. But yeah, it's man, yeah. It, it's I think good. I'll probably wait to rewatch it until closer to the new strange release mm. yeah just to kind of you know refresh a little, a little bit speaking yeah. of i mean you want to talk horror sam raimi oh dr strange has like been sam a raimi. horror director yeah. vehicle scott mm-hmm. derrickson started and then when he exited they brought in sam raimi so the instinct with, with the strange franchise is there's like something that horror i'm so horror people know. That. yeah it's gonna be yeah I, I can't wait to see what sam raimi does curious in um, I've seen so uh, over was it I don't remember this past week I think it was this past week we went to go see Studio 666 that was Thursday oh my god the Dave Grohl yeah. movie yeah we the, went to go see a Texas the pre-release theater. at Texas Theater it Ooh. was fucking awesome if it's you want to go see a goofy ass movie where you watch the Foo Fighters try to act uh, and then get absolutely murdered that's the movie for you it's mm-hmm. it's and it, honestly they're acting for I thought it was going to be way worse than they right. like um, my expectations it were was low. effectively it was like a tenacious D 
horror movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Is the vibe that I got. Exactly. And I loved it. Yeah. No, it's um, fantastic. You got Whitney Cummings. There's a couple other fun cameos in there throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so cool. It was yeah. a blast. Great movie. Great, Dave great horror just, comedy. Dave Grohl seems like he's down for anything. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you watched Sonic Highways? Mm-hmm. Is his HBO miniseries? He, they made an album, but they like travel to different famous cities in America that are known for their music, and they'll like interview famous musicians from the area. So they go to like Seattle, they go to New Orleans, interview the like Trombone Shorty and the Preservation Hall Jazz Band, like mm-hmm. talk to them about like the legacy of jazz music in New Orleans, and then they'll record a song with them in their like venue. And so the album's like, I don't know, I don't have strong opinions either way. I'm not like a big mm-hmm. Foo Fighters fan, so I can't weigh in. <laughs> But it's really, really cool. This was like 2014, I think, or 13. Um, so like he interviews like all these rappers when he's in New York. He talks to President Obama. It's like one of the last episodes. <laughs> but it's like Dave Grohl just like so parts of it is just him shooting the shit with these like other musicians. He's a cool dude. Yeah, he looks he, like such a like chill such dude. He's a fun guy yeah. to hang out with. He's like right talking about yeah. uh, like being at a bar and this dude's like at his bachelor the, party. He's like bought the bachelor party drinks or something. He did he's the like, hot I got ones, that guy uh, fucked up last night. Yeah, he did the Hot Ones interview recently. <laughs> I missed it. I've been got, so you gotta far watch behind. That. Honestly, it's not a fucking movie or a TV show, but go watch the Hot Ones interview with Dave Grohl. Hot Ones is an exercise in how to give a good interview it is mm. it's such a good and he 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 gets sean evans drunk like because he keeps forcing him to take shots like throughout oh the whole my thing. god so wait what yeah. it's just like pouring, why didn't anyone tell me that pouring so whiskey in his cup yeah. that's amazing uh, so go see studio 666 uh watch the end watch all of peacemaker i just finished that one up it's really good shit really good show i've been also, keeping up with righteous gemstones also yeah. another director who started in horror james yes. gunn yeah. james yeah. gunn james slither trauma uh tromeo and julia Tromeo and Juliet. And who would have thought... Here's wild. It's like the guy who did like Slither and Tromeo and Juliet like oh. jumped from that to Super to something else maybe, but then like straight to Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, now he's all superheroes. That yeah, guy, like he went from like, yeah, years. evil leeches kill people to like, yeah. here's a talking raccoon. <laughs> like you gotta like have like a Bradley mind Cooper. for that. Like I can yeah. afford to have Bradley Cooper voiceless guy. I know. And, <laughs> and and it's the weird, like when it when Guardians came out, it was like the weirdest Marvel. They were like, what the hell? What is this? <laughs> They're like, they let you make this? Because that's what he capitalizes on. He's and like, then he's we like, watched it, we were like, yeah, I want yeah. more. Mm-hmm. He gets those characters that nobody cares about, so studios will let him get away with that. He's like, he does. Yeah, but like, he did oh, it with Peacemaker yeah. and uh, Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Which I love was like his uh, sabbatical movie. Yeah. When he got fired from <laughs> Disney, when he got yeah. fired from Disney, they were like, fuck you guys. Do you want to work for movie. DC? Yeah. And he was like, only if you give me Suicide Squad. Like, done. <laughs> Blank check. Do it. Yeah. Make it happen. And then he was like, but I also get to work with Marvel. And they're like, fine just whatever just make the fucking movie i know you deserve it she's like hey can i have pete davidson they're like whatever dude absolutely yeah yeah if anyone's seen suicide squad uh, i just love they like kill everyone in the first five minutes right. it's an amazing it's, movie yeah. well, you're the like marketing like leading up to yeah it's it, like the was, like, cast so list is stacked they i'm like a... we're gonna watch flula like <laughs> yeah, flula got ripped like for this and we got rat boy over here like, yeah i'm so stoked and, and then i was like Fillion. what the fuck just happened they just murdered everyone <laughs> as soon as they saw it i was like oh that makes way more sense how yeah. they like got all yeah i was like how am i supposed to watch 15 movie stars all be in the suicide squad i don't have time for that oh i see now uh, awesome. Well, thank you guys for uh, hanging out. Um, so next time we're going to be watching, it's St. Patrick's Day. It's the month of March. So one of my fucking all-time favorites, we're going to watch Leprechaun. A Jennifer Aniston With classic. Jennifer Aniston, Warwick Davis. <laughs> she oh, loves that movie. my God. And don't we all. It's, it's a great movie. So we're going to be talking about that one for uh, to celebrate uh, this racist Irish holiday, I guess. 
Um, and uh, yeah, so thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. Again, if you want to go and uh, see some of the other crap that we uh, make, uh, go to Scary Sunday Scaries on Instagram, um, patreon.com slash scary Sunday Scaries. Uh, yeah, send us some money, like our shit, follow us on Instagram, and we'll see you next we'll time. See you next time. Yeah, All right. Adios. Sunday Scaries.